Is it Saturday already? <laughs> Welcome to the vigorous Q&A, guys. Uh, we have a ton of questions in the chat already, so let's just get started. Let's see. This one is from Nick Woodhouse. What would be the impact of fluctuating testosterone levels in the case of somebody occasionally finding it difficult to keep injection frequency consistent, sometimes missing injections by one to two weeks? Uh, well, that is kind of problematic unless you go with testosterone and cannabis, which, Nick, I know you're in Thailand. You can buy those Bayer and Nibido amps at some of the pharmacies here. And that way you uh, actually get to sustain your serum testosterone concentration somewhat if you do, let's say, a 1 cc per week sub-Q. Still, you would need a little bit of an aromatized inhibitor first couple of days because, again, you know, most of the conversion of testosterone and cannabis into, uh, was it testosterone to cannabis? Uh I forgot. One of the one of the others. <laughs> I've been looking into the esters so much. Everything's boiling together. Anyway, um, you'll need a aromatized inhibitor first couple of days because you know testosterone uh, esterphyte will leave the injection depot quite rapidly within the first couple of days. And if you only do one injection per week, you might still experience some hormonal fluctuations. And if you keep forgetting it uh, every two weeks. Then well, by the you know after the first week, you'll probably start to look and feel a little bit fatigued and tired and androgen deficient compared to the first week. So I would do at least one week administrations or one administration per week. Look into the what was the protocol called? The Lazy Man's TRT protocol. I have a video about that. I'll link it down below. Let me find it real quick. Where is it? Here, Lazy Man's TRT. One second. All right, where are we? Cool, so give this video a watch, but you would at least have to administer something every week. And if you can only do one administration per week, then annotate uh, under cannabis. Cannabis is basically the way to go. And for full-blown steroid cycles, well, um, then you're kind of fucked. You would still need to have stable serum concentration. So, you know, uh, apply to your schedule, right? Maybe you make it into uh, first you shower, then you brush your teeth or you brush your teeth first in the shower, whatever. And then you do your injections after the shower, right? You shower every day, right? So you do injections right after the shower because the fluctuations otherwise will be brutal. D Higgs. Hey, Steve, after 19 nor abuse, uh, Tremblone on a cut and Deca on a bulk. <laughs> All right. And high progesterone as a result. Um, okay, so that could be the nandrolone and the, the trimbolone detecting as progesterone, not exactly progesterone. I've noticed my skin thickness became, became an issue in a cut after the chain. How can I reverse this windstroll? So yeah, the second question he asked, is it true that windstroll can lower progesterone? And if so, does it lower it in uh, serum bloods? So no, uh, there is some very limited scientific evidence that uh, windstroll might inhibit the progesterone receptor, I think it's one or two studies, and thus uh, progesterone-mediated collagen synthesis, particularly in the skin, also connective tissue. That's why Winstrol makes the connective tissue a little bit, um, the collagen types are not as favorable as before, so it might make some collagen connections stronger and others weaker. Um, so by inhibiting the progesterone receptor, you might ultimately reduce skin thickness. Uh, and that is one of the perceived mechanisms of action. So yeah, if you've abused uh, Tremblone and Nandolone for a long time, then uh, stick with DHTs for a while and really get yourself nasty shredded and nasty uh, dry and lean because skin thickness, um, you might think it's skin, but it's probably just fat, right? You need to continue dieting for longer. So, you know, 
if high progesterone if progesterone is higher your blood work results it, it could be the trend under decade detecting as progesterone again not all blood work uh, tests are created equally there's many different um, levels of sensitivity i would say but winstrol does not lower serum progesterone levels just block uh, blocks potentially the progesterone receptors and I mean, there, there's always going to be some overlap between DHT derivatives and other uh, receptors. Right? Some DHT derivatives might uh, interact uh, or block the estrogen receptor, others the progesterone receptor. Most of this has never really been uh, thoroughly investigated. The oh, Let me see, where is this? On uh, Wikipedia, you guys should have this also. The relative binding affinities of, uh, like here for Winstall, for example, I'll link it down below. So this is like a template for the relative binding affinities for the anabolic steroids. And there you see that a Winstrol, the relative binding affinities for all of the receptors are unknown except for SHBG compared to, what is it? Uh, I think it's dihydrotestosterone. Oh yeah, di yeah, dihydrotestosterone. So Winstrol compared to dihydrotestosterone has a relative binding affinity of 1 to 36, where dihydrotestosterone has a um, binding affinity of 100. So uh, less uh, binding affinity, but since you take Winstrol in much higher dosages than you would otherwise produce in a conversion of testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, you see that SHBG levels go down quite steeply. All right, I hope that answers it. Let's see, Jake Applebaum. Uh, Gina Tropin says, discard after 28 days after reconstitution. Discard it to my mailbox. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> How long beyond, uh, beyond that do you think it will remain potent? Um, I'm on a low dose of so 12 milligram pens, so that's 36 IUs. Last way longer. I'll buy smaller pens next time. I think you just keep running it. Like, you know, with insulin, for example, they uh, advise you to throw it away because it's a medication, right? A life-saving medication for people who don't produce enough or any insulin themselves. So if they lose potency, your bioavailability goes down, and you think you're injecting 10 IUs, but in reality it's eight, um, then your blood glucose levels might still go too high. And the same can be said for genotropin. If you use it as a medication uh, because you're too short or you have HIV or whatever reason it's prescribed for, um, then let's say you inject eight IUs, 18 IUs, but in reality you only get 14, then yeah, you, you know, obviously you're not getting the full dose of what is recommended to keep you healthy and alive. But for bodybuilders who use gin tropin recreationally, um, you keep running it until the pen runs out because even if you lose a little bit of bioavailability, it's uh, not the end of the world. You just get less gains. And otherwise, if it really lasts that long, transfer the genotropin let's say uh let's say you do one iu per day right so you have 36 days on a genotropin pen and the last eight days uh is that correct 28 minus 36 yeah 36 minus 28 is eight so you have eight days left why don't you transfer the genotropin to two sterile vials so half the content go to one sterile vial the other content goes to the other sterile vial and you just draw from those. That way, you don't repeatedly uh, puncture the vial. Only, there's only one transfer, right? And a sterile vial, if you draw from the genotropin pen, that's sterile. There's no air involved. 
you inject it into the sterile vial and there's no outside air and, and potential pollutants uh, that could end up in the sterile vial either. Right? So this is what I would do, but I'll just, honestly, dude, I would just run the genotropin pen one, 1.2 IUs per day, and then you'll finish it in a month, you know? And the, the last couple of days, or maybe you miss, you skip an injection on Saturday and Sunday for religious purposes or because you've been on the forums <laughs> such a long time that you want to do five days on, two days off, right, for budget reasons. Um, I think by the time, I think you can still use it after two months, dude. Yeah, I don't think you'll lose that much potency unless you start reusing needles and, and start loading, uh, you know, the, the pen up with air and, you know, doing all kinds of weird stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Then, yeah, of course, it's not going to work as it should. Nicholas, I made it to the live for once. Yeah, you're normally uh, with anabolic uh, bodybuilding, right, with Paul Burnett and the crew. But Paul is on holiday, and I, it appears that there's no live stream this week, so maybe I can get all of the views this time. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Oscar, good evening, Steve. I hope all is well. All is good. All is good. Working on Saturday evening, as usual. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Yeah, do you know of, uh, people that do cycles but never blood work? <laughs> I mean, that's unfortunately 95% uh, of the fitness industry. <laughs> really, dude? I mean, I've been talking about blood work for like uh, for decades, right? Me, Dante Trudell, everybody else that was on the Intense Muscle uh, Forum. We've been talking about blood work for decades now. People don't do it, dude. Every six months is enough. Every three months is enough, right? Oh, I'll do only the, and then they do a small panel. I give up, dude. I fucking give up, right? You're either smart enough to do it or you're just, uh, you know, sticking your head in the sand and you're not going to do it and you, because you don't want to know or you pretend that you don't have money but you can still buy kits upon kits upon kits upon, uh, of growth hormone. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? The Darwinism, right? <laughs> people will sort themselves out. So, yeah, I do know a lot of people, and I just I, I try not to waste my time uh, telling them to do blood work because I'm sure they know what my stance on it is. And, uh, you know, and even, even getting to tell them I told you so, like a, a decade later, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it costs me too much time. Because well, I would have to say it very frequently. Uh, Oscar Sapp, the whole 90s, 2000s bodybuilding scene, LMAO. All right. Was there a question before? Oh, that's about the blood work. Yeah. Well, I mean, those guys did blood work. I've talked to plenty of guys from the 2000s and 90s uh, in my days that did blood work also. Right? They, but they understood it less because there was no place to really learn about it. I mean, Milos was doing his blood work. Um, he, he talked about this many, many times. So, you know, some guys do it, some guys don't. Uh, Kurt, is there a question there? All right, here we go. And every week it's a NAD plus question. Okay, so subcutaneous NAD plus is doable. Um, but the reason why I would prefer IV NAD plus is because potentially there could be some pro-oxidant effects at the site of administration. Subcutaneous NAD plus is doable though. Um, 50, 100, 200 milligrams even, depending on the concentration. 
And then, uh, of course, it would uh, slowly absorb, but you might have some irritation at the injection site, similar to, um, you know, sub-Q or intramuscular glutathione or sub-Q and intramuscular vitamin C. Dosage difference is going to be exactly the same, right? If you want to run 200 milligrams per week, then you run 200 milligrams per week. If you want to run 100 milligrams, you do 100 milligrams. Administration route doesn't really matter, uh, but it seems that IV NAD Plus um, just offers more of an immediate effect which you can really feel and um right what you could also do is maybe do small uh, daily subcutaneous micro administration so if your weekly dose of nad plus is 200 milligrams you divide it by seven and then you have 28.5 milligrams um sub q nad plus right maybe you do that in the morning or, or post-workout for example uh, unless you believe in that, uh, you know, um, antioxidants blunt the post-exercise stress response, which is an excuse that terrible bodybuilders use as a reason why they're not big. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it doesn't really matter. I would do it in the morning because it does give you quite a bit of energy. Um, but, you know, I do my IV administrations on Monday and then I go train chest uh, two hours later. And my chest workouts are um, pretty uh, fucking uh, normal as usual. So not, not any better, not any worse. So dosage is the same, administration route is different. Let's see. Mm -mm -mm. Carlos, Steve, I've heard you say you're slowly remaking your older videos now that your YouTube skills have improved. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat which old videos do you think you're going to be killer when you redo them well i started with um basically what is the best dose of testosterone which is actually the highest viewed video that i have i think i have about uh let me see how many how many views do i have that no not date uh the best yeah besides drama videos uh two hundred thirty thousand views the best weekly dose of testosterone where I sit on the yellow couch uh, with a big bloated moon face. So uh, that one I redid that will be dropping on Monday. And I did uh, what is the best testosterone ester comparing propionate, cypionate, inotate and all the other esters to each other. And then going a little bit more in depth to the previous videos. I redid the carrier oils. That will be the ultimate carrier oil deep dive video of 55 minutes long. You will not ever look at steroid products the same. I promise you. I promise you, it'll be long, it'll be highly intellectual, and you better well fucking watch it and like it and comment multiple times and share it with your friends so nobody can get systemic inflammation ever again. All right, that's my contribution to the fitness industry. I think it's one of my best. Uh, and let's see, uh, I have, um, you know, how to design uh, small cycles, right, based on the injection volume. I, I dropped that one that's uh, reformulated one of a previous one using... using um, you know the the concentrations that you get per milligram uh, per milliliter the net amount of actual anabolic energetic steroids per milliliter and um and then after that i'll, I'll see what what sticks and uh, what does best so I'll, I'll basically go with views whatever has the highest views i'll go down the list uh basically redoing the popular videos obviously and then i'll keep those older videos online but i'll refer the older videos to the newer videos because they're in the algorithm now and even on this What's the best daily dose of testosterone or weekly dose of testosterone video I get per, let me see one second guys, I still get like 200 views every day, right? So that's 200 potential new people or potential people that could watch the new video if I, if they refer and this video had made 3000 subscribers 
and $915, which is not bad. All right, so, so I might as well redo that with new uh, information and then I'll see how it goes. I just finished recording the BBC 157 deep dive video, um, but that will be a while before that's released. So that's already done. And then I started working on the Vivan slash Dexedrine slash Adderall video, which is of course way more research than I want to do, but when it has to be done, somebody has to do it. Might as well be me. So, uh, and, and then I'll just slowly go down the list of what's popular and what I think will get views. Because, uh, you know, still need some return of investment, bro, time-wise. Because money-wise, it's uh, <laughs> money-wise, it's not worth it with this terrible AdSense revenue. Uh, Oscar Seb, you already have changed the way I use gear a lot. Very conscious about carrier rolls now. Perfectly, perfect, perfect, perfect. Keep watching and learn more. All right, let's scroll a little bit. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Arman, appreciate the content greatly, sir. Uh, what happens after aromatized is eliminated from, uh, and excreted from the body? Well, if all aromatized enzyme activity stops, you will obviously not produce any uh, estrogens anymore, um, whether that's uh, estrone or estradiol or estriol, which is a, a metabolite after estrone and estradiol. Um, but luckily for you, most men uh, would eventually, even if you kill all of the aromatized enzymes with aromacin, which is a suicide inhibitor, or arimistane for that matter, which is doesn't really seem to be available, but people still talk about it. So aromacin or arimistane, you kill all the aromatized enzymes, right? Because they're suicide inhibitors, they go into the aromatized enzyme, they get stuck, and now uh, this aromatized enzyme is no longer being used in the conversion of testosterone into estradiol until it's basically metabolized. But then your body will produce new aromatized enzymes right to maintain some sort of balance between testosterone and estradiol so it might be a temporary state if you feel like shit, just give it two to four weeks and otherwise um there might still be some aromatized enzyme activity in the testicles because it's almost impossible or very hard for aromatized inhibitors to permeate into the testicles and inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol there. So if you make a dose the HCG, 1,000 IOs every other day or every day, um, you'll probably produce sufficient amounts of estrogen until aromatized enzyme activity in the adipose tissue picks back up again. Yeah. All right, where are we? Ah, super chats. Uh, coach, can you list some estrogen management supplements one should take daily outside uh, Diam, Dia, Damian, whatever, leaf, <laughs> tinylmethane? Uh, but if mine was on New Year's Day, asked about mint. Uh, I'm the Discord friend. Oh, all right. All right. So, um, all estrogen management can be uh, done with a multitude of different things. I want you to watch the steroidogenesis inhibitor video. Steroidogenesis. Uh, where is it? Yeah, the real reason why you feel fucked up. I'll link it second second one from the top. And then you go to the timestamps about the aromatized enzyme inhibitors. So there I list all options. So off the top of my head, anything that could uh, help with estrogen metabolism or estrogen management, uh, aromatized inhibitors, obviously, right? Aromacin, ar arimidex, uh, letrozole, arimistane, 
DHT derivatives or boldenone derivatives, right? So you have boldenone metabolites, including dihydroboldenone or, um, well, arimstein is also a dihydroboldenone uh, or boldenone metabolite. Uh, let's see, what else we have? We have methane, which helps with the balance between estrone and estradiol. And uh, now there's decaroinositol, which at dosages of 1,000 milligrams to 1,200 milligrams per day might have a down-regulatory effect on aromatized enzymes. Uh, I, I took 500 milligrams, but I can't say that my testosterone levels or estrogen levels really budged. Uh, the ratio between testosterone and estradiol is almost identical before and after adding in the decaroinositol, but I'm running 500 milligrams per day. Maybe should bump up the dose. I'm, I'm trying to limit the supplements uh, over the next couple of weeks to kind of see what uh, what the reason is why I've been feeling a bit off. Uh, zinc might help. Uh, nicotine, cotinine, anabasine might help. Right, watch that steroidogenesis uh, inhibitor or steroidogenesis inhibitors video and you might get some good ideas. Um, but if you're going to run mint, then uh, aromacin is, your going to, is going to be your go-to method of estradiol management. Marco Marshall, hey Steve, uh, for how long can you stock HCG overdraw premix insulin syringe expiration date is next year? Um, until you use it. Really, it's, it, I, I wouldn't worry. If, if it was shipped properly, right, and you put it in the fridge and keep the temperature stable, I, I think you can only use it two years, three years after the expiration date. Man, I have, of course, I'm not talking about peptides now, but I have Anadrol in my steroid drawer, which I think is eight years expired. No, 2015. So that's nine years expired. And uh, I recently gave a box away to somebody. And they're like, holy shit, this is a fucking legit Anadrol. This is fucking strong. So basically, Anadrol gets better with time. It matures with age, just like fine wine or uh, cigars or uh, well anything uh, refined that men like to consume right it gets better with age including the anadrol and, and maybe overdraw is the same thing you know maybe if some of the water will evaporate through the glass ampule and then it gets more concentrated and then you think uh you know uh, you're injecting a thousand ius but it's actually 1500 ius i i'm just keep it dude and just fucking use it what's the worst that can happen right as long as it's clear it, if it's not cloudy um, do like, uh, you know, 0 0.1 milliliter 10 IU administration. And then if you don't get an adverse effects, um, you know, and maybe do the same thing, 10 IUs on a pregnancy test, an HCG pregnancy test, see if, see if you get a positive on that. If you get a positive and no adverse reaction and it's 10 years past the expiration date, just take the whole fucking thing whole, dude. Yeah. Just, just fucking do it. That's what I would do. I mean, overtrial is not cheap. Uh, would it benefit me to use steroids and peptides purely for chronic soft tissue issues? Uh, let's see, looking for pain uh, alleviation and to get faster and more explosive. So if you want to get more explosive, you probably need nandrolone because that will obviously offer some padding in the connective tissue. Pain relief, um, I don't think peptides are going to, or steroids are going to help with that. Right? It's, if you have a severe injury, uh, you know, connective tissue problems, you're uh, bone on bone, right? And the connective tissue, because you have no cartilage, that's going to be painful and you need either painkillers 
or PRP with stem cells and uh, all the peptides known to man to kind of help you with that, or even a graph or a donor, right, in the interarticular space. I reviewed BBC 157. I'm a firm belief that it's not going to prevent you from getting injuries. All of the scientific evidence that has been performed besides stomach ulcers um, shows that BBC 157 can heal injuries, but not prevent it. Heal injuries, but not prevent it unless it's stomach ulcers. Um, so maybe you need some time off, right? Reduce the inflammation in your joints and connective tissue. Um, you know, uh, take take some uh, PED, some steroids, some Anavar, some growth hormone to kind of heal everything over time and then slowly get big, back into it. I mean, I have three tendon videos, uh, which nobody watches. Uh, let me see. Let me link it down below again. It seems like every week I'm linking the same videos. That's all right. That's all right. I'll gladly do the searching for you if you super chat me hard and deep. Because everybody loves it hard and deep. But hard and deep starts from $10 onwards, okay? All right, I'll link them down below. Give those videos a watch. Uh, but maybe it's just time to take a little break. How would you distribute a testosterone, DECA, and masterone cycle? Um, 500 tests, 100... 100 deca and 500 masterone yeah 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 but you can do 500 tests 500 deca and 200 masterone also but you still need an aromatized inhibitor because that's estrogen galore and that little bit of masterone is not sufficient for cosmetic appearance uh, keep the water at bay modulator in an angiotensin aldosterone system and um you know keep yeah keep estrogen under control so uh, I would do tests in mastroin in a one-to-one -one ratio and then maybe add in a little bit of nandrolone for joint relief. Could be 100, could be 200 milligrams per week. But I would not run that cycle. I would run test Primo and nandrolone. All right, here we go. Christian Arnold, the doctor wants me to take topical clindamycin and doxycycline 100 milligrams daily for three months. Fire your doctor, kick him in the balls on your way out. Will this screw up my gut microbiome? Yes, 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 baby. Any good ways to mitigate? Uh, again, kick your doctor in the balls. Use doxycycline for two weeks at maximum. I, I'm guessing you're taking this for, um, you know, uh, acne purposes, right? And otherwise, post it right now so I know why you're actually uh, getting this prescribed. Uh, like if you have severe... Um, you know, infections, then obviously you would listen to the doctor, but this sounds like a cookie cutter protocol for uh, acne management. Doxy's like on 14 days, topical clindamycin uh, during that uh, 14 days of uh, doxycycline, and then uh, fix your gut microbiome afterwards, right? repopulating your gut microbiome, obviously, and, and watch all of the acne videos that I have. I'm not going to link them down below because that's a $10 donation if you want me to link stuff. No, it's not true, but there's many, many different acne videos. So, Give those uh, a watch. Give those a watch. Let me see if you commented already. Yeah, for acne. Okay. Yeah, so 14 days, doxycycline, use the topical clindamycin. Within 14 days, all of the bacteria will be fucking dead, uh, topically and the intestinal tract. So you need to stop it. It's no need to continue with that long unless you never shower and you roll on the mat where all the MMA fighters roll on the mat, uh, right? So you're basically giving yourself, what's that called? Um, staph infections, 
<laughs> right? Or you're picking up the bar girls on uh, Walking Street or uh, Beach Road in Padia, right? The ones that have cooties coming out of uh, all of the orifice. So um, hygiene first, then these medications. And in the meantime, while you run these medications, clean up your diet with the acne videos that I uh, have so much information in. All right, next one. Uh, Flare 93, ultrasound sound uh, showed damage to my kidney tissue, but kidneys worked perfectly. Uh, high glomerular filtration rate, no blood or protein in urine, other markers are all good. I use test master on GH. What do you think? Do you think master on GH caused the damage? Well, what kind of damage? Are we talking about cysts? Are we talking about necrotic tissue? Are we talking about inflammation? Like what kind of damage? Flare. Because if it's inflammation, it might be related to the carrier oil, which I talked many times about. If it's a cyst, it could not be related to the test master on the growth hormone. Um, it could be related to hydration or, or some sort of infection, which came up through the penoris, uh, to, through the penis, and then the bladder, and then upwards, right? You have some sort of infection going on, causing a cyst. So there's many different things that could cause it. Um, in this context, I would listen to the doctor and just go back to TRT until you figure out what caused it and how you can prevent it from getting any worse going forward. All right, so so um, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet if you have a medical condition, right? Remove all things that could worsen it, potentially, and then try to figure it out. When I had non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, I took all the drugs out. Remember? Remember, that's the responsible thing to do. And then when I was healthy again, I put the drugs back in. Inflammation, yeah. So that could be the, the carrier oil which um, I have videos about, but watch until the carrier oil deep dive video drops in about a week or two. It's a 55 minutes, so my editor probably needs a week of editing time. Um, you know, a lot of overlays. So yeah, I, I, if I was you, I would switch to pharmaceutical grade um, testosterone, right? Look at the control F source list for all the pharmaceutical grade testosterone products and where you can find them. Um, and, and that way you take the, UGL, Mastrone, and, and test out. Growth hormone, I would keep out to lower the water retention. And then, um, you know, remove the inflammation around your kidneys that way, if that's the root cause of the inflammation. All right, where are we? Hey, Steve, is putting un unconstituted HEH or peptides in the fridge okay if my room temperature is decently warm? Yes, I always keep my growth hormone and peptides in the fridge just for temperature reasons. Because sometimes the air conditioning is on here, sometimes it's not, and I don't want to have these temperature fluctuations all the time. So I keep all my peptides in the fridge, but my steroids um, and other medications that don't need to be refrigerated are just in my steroid drawer, which is dark and um, somewhat temperature stable because it's in the closet, right? So. There's not too much temperature fluctuation in there. Um, I would say based on the humidor, which is also in that closet, uh, just above my steroid drawer, like all my vices are in the closet. I have my steroid drawer and then my humidor with cigars. And then I can check the temperature once in a while and it seems to fluctuate with maybe one or two degrees, um, you know, depending on uh, the time of day. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I'm using PharmaTest, but UGL, Mastron. Okay, so that's out. 
throw the Mastron out. Also, Mastron got it. It's more that I still have like three ampules of Mastron laying around, but I'll save those for prep then. Thanks. Oh, if you have three ampules of Mastron around, um, yeah, just keep those for prep and run an aromatized inhibitor. If you want to do tests in Andrelon. Mm -mm. Steve, what can help joint pain caused by Accutane, including PEDs? Uh, nothing. But just dry out the joints. So you either need to reduce the dose or suffer through to kill your acne permanently. And that being said, I, I ran pre-high doses of Accutane and I still got fucking pimples. So maybe I didn't run it high enough or long enough. Uh, but it's such a terrible drug that I didn't want to continue it any further. All right, dry lips, dry joints, painful knees, painful elbows, dry eyes. Fucking horrible, dude. So um, if your joints feel terrible right now, it's caused by the Accutane. There's no way around it. Nandrolone might be able to help, but then you risk getting gynecomastia. <laughs> right? So there's there's no free rides, guys. There's no free rides. Mm -mm -mm. Guys, please don't do source stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to have to kick you off. Klaus. Birka Bake Christensen, what's your opinion on experience on pygelated MGF? Uh, could you recommend IGF-1 DES and uh, pygf MGF cycle? Uh, no, I cannot. <laughs> Everybody that I talked to that used pygelated MGF that was not selling it and was not affiliated with some sort of uh, company uh, said it didn't work. And even IGF-1 DES has, uh, you know, a, a lackluster results for most people that I talk to. Most people respond well to IGF-1 LR3 and most people uh, or uh, everybody basically responds well to growth hormones. So I know it sounds exciting. I know it sounds appealing and there might be some scientific evidence to support it, but pygelated MGF, IGF-1 DES, most people will not get any sort of effect besides draining their wallet. Really, and I, I caught so many people who were looking for all kinds of edges and tried everything out there, all the SARMs and all the peptides. And long story short, what works is just take high dosages of steroids and high dosages of growth hormone and high dosages of insulin. And this is not going to make a difference, right? Besides adding more scar tissue and uh, draining your bank account, which you should be draining on growth hormone. Or a super chance. Yeah, that's better. That's better. Um, Chris... Pus, Chrysipus, okay. Hey, Steve, assuming average aromatized activity, what would you estimate somebody's estradiol to be on 100 milligrams testosterone cypionate three times a week and 1,000 IOs pregnant three times a week? How much would this decrease by adding in 300 milligrams of Primo? So he's on 300 Primo and 3,000 IOs pregnant. Well, so I'm on a 3,000 IOs pregnant, well, uh, Ovitrol, so that's a little bit different, obviously. Uh, my estradiol is 44, so with that testosterone 300, giving you an estradiol of 
it could be anywhere between 75 or 100 picograms per milliliter. And I think that a 300 Primo will slice that in half. So you now you're perfect at 50 picograms per milliliter. But again, that's for average aromatized activity. Some people are leaner, some people are fatter, some people aromatize more, some people aromatize less. So please, 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 before you throw in a Primo, do some blood work, see where you're at. All you need to check is one marker. You don't need to go in for full blood work. Right, you go to Merrick Health, use my discount code, 10% off. If you live in the United States, you just check one marker, Esther Dial. They'll write you a referral, you get it checked, and then you throw in the Primo, um, and then you see what happens, right? Or maybe, maybe your Esther Dial levels are like 20 picograms per milliliter, and then instead of adding in the Primo, you add in more tests, right? I mean, that could be the case also. There's some very low aromatizers out there. My general recommendations might not work for you. That's why we have blood work. Blood work will tell all. The secrets of the universe will be um, attained through blood work. Kurt Batman. Can Tutka be run alongside Accutane for liver support or will it flush out the Accutane? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it will flush out the Accutane, but um, it will also flush out the other toxins. So uh, it might make... You know, whatever you take orally, medication slightly less effective. I was thinking that it will still work, uh, but you also flush out the toxins. So the net result is, is that you're healthier, even if you need to compensate by increasing the Accutane dose slightly to compensate for the uh, excretion that occurs by adding in the Tutka. So let's say you run 50 milligrams of Accutane and you add in 1,000 milligrams of Tutka per day. Maybe you need 55 milligrams of uh, Accutane, right, to get the job done, which is, of course, hard because I don't think there's any 5-milligram tablets out there. Um, so, yeah, give it a try, man. I, I would add in the Tutka for sure. When I was megadosing Accutane, I add in the, had, it, had the Tutka in place also. Maybe that's why I still have pimples, though. I never know. Of course, when you ask the dermatologist, they're just going to put you on all the Accutane, right, so they can make their money and not talk to you, uh, talk to you about Tutka because uh, they don't know about that. Because there's no pharmaceutical tutka, there's only pharmaceutical atka. And I've never heard anybody get pharmaceutical atka prescribed unless they had, uh, what is it called, hepatitis. I've been using transdermal MK677 CJC uh, with the drug affinity context and ipromorelin and the BBC157 TB500. Oh, oh, wait a minute. BBC157. And TB500, right? Don't write it like this, dude. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, combo with a uh, little, with some decent results. Not as good as real GH, but pretty decent. Well, if you start taking the MK677 orally and start injecting the CJC uh, DAC, Ipromorelin, BBC157, and TB500, if you start injecting all of that, I think you get much better results. But I don't think you need to run... Um, Let's see, ipromorelin is the uh, ghrelin receptor, right? Ipromorelin. Is it the one that goes through the ghrelin receptor? Yeah. All right. So you run the MK677 and the CJC1295 with the drug affinity complex and skip the ipromorelin. Uh, I think you'll get a better result than that. So uh, transdermal, I don't believe in that, in uh, especially not for peptides because the peptides are just too big. <laughs> It's just too big. So, Matt, Matt please, you, you know how to inject. Please start injecting. 
Why can't I super chat? Uh, maybe you're putting in a word that is uh, added to the block list. So maybe uh, type it out, see what goes through, and then super chat. Because I have to put a lot of words to the block list because uh, people are fucking dicks, dude. Yeah. Uh, Flair, I'll cut out the Mastrone. I've been using six. I use Growth Hormone. Would you also completely remove it or lower it uh, to two to four I use? And would you... Uh, would you also lower water consumption to from six to seven liters? No, I think the water consumption is fine. I just still need to clear out and clean out the kidneys. But I would reduce the growth hormone to, let's say, two IUs in TRT. I just until you figure it out. It could be four weeks, it could be six weeks. It's not the end of the world. But at least you're not further uh, causing any further damage and giving yourself ample time to remove the inflammation. And again, it might not be the underground masterone. It might be inflammation from your diet. Or it might be inflammation from some sort of infection or maybe inf something else, right? So um, check your high sensitivity C-reactive protein, check your homocysteine level, your neutrophil to lymphocyte ratio. In the meantime, see how bad the inflammation is and maybe take some curcumin C3 complex, which is known to reduce inflammation. And, and, and you know, uh, yeah, that will be my initial idea. I feel free to discuss it with your doctor. I mean, you obviously have contact with a nephrologist, so I'm sure it'll have some idea to get the kidney inflammation down, you know? Personally, I would go back on TRT and remove the mastrone until uh, shit sorts itself out. Uh, tell me about Ray Pete. Uh, I don't really follow Ray Pete. I see mentioned in my comment section here and there, but I don't really follow. I, I, I simply don't have the time to follow. I have to produce content. So all the content that I produce, um, I have to do research for, and that takes all of my time. So I don't really have time to follow anybody else, dude. I, you know, some people ask me about Ray Pete and, and this guy and that guy and, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I usually make up my own way. Right, and maybe he has something useful, maybe not, but I have no opinion on the matter because I don't follow the guy. <laughs> mm, let's see, Carlos, is the so-called growth hormone bleed with the drug affinity complex version of CJC really something to be concerned about? Also, uh, I'm using GHRP6 three times a day. To, uh, is it going to raise my prolactin and cortisol significantly? In some people it does, and some people it does not. Um, again, you'll only know by doing blood work. What, what do you mean about the GH bleed? I mean, you do one administration of uh, CJC, Conjuchem uh, 1295 with the drug affinity complex. So there is going to be a, a prolonged uh, growth hormone secretion from that signal administration because it has such a long active life. And then, of course, you run GTRP6 alongside of that. Uh, yeah, so because it has a reasonably short half-life. But I would do your blood work, pin GTRP6, um, pin like CJC with DAC uh, the day before, one milligram, two milligram, whatever you're using. Next day, in the morning, you inject GTRP6, uh, 200 micrograms, 300 micrograms, whatever you're using. And then three to four hours later, you go check your serum growth hormone level, see how high it is. But also check your prolactin and cortisol, right? Because gorilla and uh, receptor and um, what is it? Uh, man, <laughs> I didn't take my gorilla mind respawn today. What is the other fucking receptor? Growth hormone releasing hormone receptor. 
Is it the one genes on RH? Shame on me. Anyway, whatever uh, CJC interacts with <laughs> um, is going to raise a prolactin and cortisol probably alongside the growth hormone. Man, how fucking embarrassing. Well, he's dead. Oh, really? Did Ray Pete pass away? Oh, November 2022. I did not know that. I hope he has a good legacy. Repeat meals. Hmm. Oh, this is ironic. Repeat survival guide. How old was Repeat? I was born in 1936. Well, okay. He, he lived like in a, a very long time. All right. On to the next topic. Titrating up to 250 milligrams testosterone um, of testant. Is the testosterone? Testant. Testant is it? I, I'm assuming you're meaning testosterone. I'm not sure if that's a testosterone brand or not. Um, titrating up to 250 milligrams of test. Oh, and Jesus Christ, it's been a long day. I'm titrating up to 250 milligrams of testosterone, and everything is going fine, minus the return of my pubertal gyno uh, or cystic acne. <laughs> Tritinone has the word, man, fuck, I'm fucking losing it today. Tritinone hasn't worked at all. Okay, how about we start doing daily micro-administrations of your testosterone, anatiazepinate, whatever it is, uh, subcutaneously, and remove all of the dairy products and watch all of the acne videos. <laughs> and the answer is always going to be the same. Uh, daily micro-administrations and watch the acne videos, remove all of the dairy products, and maybe look into doxycycline or uh, clindamycin topically to uh, kill off the bacteria. Yeah. So if tretinone doesn't work, uh, try something else. Maybe you have terrible hormone fluctuations, All right? Testant. Uh, well, cognitively impaired. <laughs> You're doing a fantastic job, Steve. Don't sweat it. Fuck, man. No filter. No redo, no response during live streams. All right? No, that's why nobody does live streams. That's how, why all these guys, yeah, ask me anything. I'll pre-record it to sound smart, right? I keep stumbling over my shit all the time. Um, but at least I do fucking live streams where I answer questions uh, two and a half hours straight without blinking. Uh, yeah. But this is this is one of the reasons why most of the bigger channels, they don't live stream because they're scared shitless that they get stumped and stumble over their words and say something or uh, get asked a question that they don't know that they couldn't prepare for. Uh, but this is the real deal right here. Need a double scoop of Gorilla Mind. Yeah. I, I won't be touching that either. I'm going to simplify my uh, my uh, supplements a bit. Mm. <laughs> Should have just went with it as a test and it was so much hell. <laughs> Nobody would have questioned you. Yeah, but we got enough bullshitters like that in the fitness industry already, right? They just roll with it and then realize, and then later you realize, like, dude, 
<laughs> it's it's fucking bullshit. All right, here we go. Why did Ryan Russo say that you had some kind of beef? You seemed very nice to him. Uh, yeah, so at the Mr. Olympia, we were very nice, right? And then at one point, he lost his mind on the lion's mane and whatever else he did. And then he started blaming me for it. My fault that he fucked himself up allegedly with lion's mane. Um, I think Ryan Russo is incredibly unhealthy. And he, he's gotten so many advice from myself and uh, Derek, more plates, more dates, and Alec Matrevsky, which he didn't follow up on. Otherwise, he would have been fixed already. Um, and I, I guess one of the videos, he took it personally. So now he's finger pointing at me. And I saw uh, some comments on Instagram um, saying that he was now my housewife. Yeah, and then you're on my shit list, dude. Then you're on my shit list. And you don't get off my shit list. So Ryan Russo can go fuck himself. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's basically it, right? So if he still doesn't feel good, karma is a fucking bitch. All right, next one. You mentioned in some videos with Mark Bell that you felt great on raw food diet. Is there more enzymes in raw meat? Yeah, so when you cook food, uh, you break down a lot of the enzymes, right? The, the, the enzymes that contribute to the breakdown of uh, foods. Um, get denatured in the cooking process and also pasteurization process. So you, you know, if you eat raw foods like salads or uncooked meats, or tuna, uh, you know, sushi, that kind of stuff, it just digests better because the enzyme enzymes that are um, helping you break down the food are still there. They're not cooked away, and thus you can have much better digestion. So yeah, the the raw food diet was one of the best diets I ever did. It was still a ketogenic diet with some vegetables here and there, some sprouted uh, seeds and almonds, right, and some nuts. So you sprout that overnight, and then once in a while you did the overnight oats. And the problem is that uh, at one point I got salmonella poisoning from the chicken. Yeah, or the eggs. Right? I cooked, uh, scorched the outside of the eggs and chicken with boiling water, but the large majority of the chicken and eggs were raw, and it digested very, very well until I got salmonella, salmonella poisoning, and then it came out of both ends. So that was the end of that. And, um, yeah, I, I still eat my beef, you know, somewhat rare. And, of course, I eat tuna quite frequently. My salad vegetables are, are raw. My, my almonds are raw. I don't eat roasted almonds or nuts or seeds, avocados are raw. So a large majority of the food that I eat is still raw, but you know, the the the, the fishes and the eggs and the beef, uh, medium raw, medium rare. And the chicken that I eat is all, uh, you know, is all uh, cooked. So, but I, I would like to go back to it, but I think I'd need to buy some farm in the middle of fucking nowhere and build an ABC shelter with a wine cellar next to it and a, a humidor next door to it. And then uh, just live off the land, but right, a man can dream. Mm -mm -mm. Where are we? Ah, yeah. This is why medium rare steaks are better than medium or well done. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's incredible that you continue the raw food diet minus the chicken for a period after the salmonella poisoning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how are you not adverse to raw food? I mean, I felt great. It just, you, you get, you know, you, you fuck up somewhere. Doesn't mean that the whole food diet, the diet is bad, but it's, uh, yeah, 
you know, you just got to be more careful with the chicken. So <laughs> after since then, I haven't been uh, eating my eggs and chicken raw. And then, of course, at one point, I got kind of tired of it. And, and you know, you start cooking your fools again. Or no, I think that was around the time that I lost uh, the consultancy job. And then, of course, I was dieting uh, on steroids and, uh, you know, took my pictures. Then I started traveling and then traveling really messed up my digestion. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God, dude. When I came back home, I would eat like a little bit of broccoli and then uh, my stomach would be out to here. I'd be so bloated. My whole intestinal tract was fucked after eating street food for a year. So, and again, living in Asia, I think it's just too risky. You know, even if you cook all your own meals. Normal estradiol uh, EQ can still cause anxiety from your experience. Yeah, that has some sort of uh, GABA modulating effect. And uh, of course, if you don't feel relaxed, then uh, anxiety can go up. So even if estradiol, prolactin, progesterone, whatever else is normal, um, you know, you might need to supplement with a little bit of GABA to help you relax. And it might be 500 milligrams GABA upon waking in the afternoon again and before bed, or maybe 3,000 milligrams, 2,000 milligrams GABA before bed, um, which will overlap into the next day, right? Look at that. It's, it's a commonly used supplement with higher dosages of EQ. In regards to the GH bleed, I guess some people are concerned about the long-term effects from unnatural prolonged elevation of uh, gonadotropin hormone, releasing hormone. Yeah, that's the one that I was looking for, uh, as opposed to short-term pulses with no drug affinity complex. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, right? Is there any scientific evidence where uh, CGC1295 has been, uh, with the drug affinity complex, uh, has been investigated? that it downregulates growth hormone production with long-term exposure. I'm not entirely sure. I have like an Ipermorel and a CGSC1295 video in the making or on the to-do list, but it's not very high on the priority list because uh, let's see how the BBC157 video uh, does first, right, before we go into uh, all of these peptides. So right, if there's demand for it, I'll make it, but otherwise uh, we'll go ahead with all of the steroid videos first. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be. That's sometimes long-term activation of uh, uh, the gonadotropin hormone uh, releasing hormone, uh, GNRH, and, uh, with tryptorelin, busterelin, and gonadorelin um, that can also cause pituitary dysfunction. So, yeah, it, it could be. I haven't really looked into it. You forgot my 10 bucks. Oh, Jesus. Did I? Oh, there we go. My bad. Uh, how long to run Anivar at 5 milligrams sublingual pre-workout? Um, do I take it on non-workout days as well? At 5 milligrams first thing in the morning as well. Oh, what's a good take? Oh, what's good to take to increase HDL? Um, okay, let's address the HDL first. I think only fish oil and citrus bergamot and daily fasted cardio can increase HDL. That being said, I don't think that HDL will come down that much if you take 5 milligrams Anivar sublingually, assuming you have a testosterone base, right? So you still need a testosterone base with a little bit of Anivar because it might downregulate you still. Um, I think you can run it an entire year, two years, three years, if you want to, um, because it's not that much of a burden alongside of your TRT uh, dose that you're taking. I know plenty of people who just run it year round. Their HDL goes down a couple of points, their liver enzymes go up a couple of points, and that's about it. 
um, sublingually, I would do a pre-workout five times a week. And then on non-workout days, you can decide to split it up 2.5 milligrams in the morning and in the evening because you don't need an acute effect during the workouts because you're not working out. Or you can take five milligrams uh, first thing in the morning, right? Before fasted cardio to kind of help it uh, circulate. So, um, you know, I think Anivar is pretty long half-life. What was it? 10.4 uh, hours? Oxen, drill long half-life. Is that correct? 13.3. Which one was 10.4? said Winstrow. Nine hours. Man, it was one that's 10.4. Trinable? 16. Jesus. Oh, today's not my day. <laughs> All right, so it says I have life of 13.5 hours. So even once per day administration on your wrist day should be sufficient. All right, but if you want to split hairs of your splitting hair dose of five milligrams anifar per day. Uh, yeah, 2.5 milligrams uh, sublingually in the morning and evening. All right, there you go. I answered it. Uh, let's see, where are we? <laughs> Fuck you. Coach needs a thousand milligrams of test stand. Yeah, I should. We should patent that shit. What are you on? Test stand. And what else? Test and trembolone, bro. Uh, what do you think? What do you personally think is the most impressive record in strongman and powerlifting? Um, I don't really keep track. Sorry, but I I do like that. Um. 500 kilo deadlift by Eddie Hall. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. It looked more brutal than when uh, Hofstra Bjornsson did. What was it? 502, 505 kilograms? That went up way too easy. But when Eddie Hall uh, lifted that, um, it looked like he was going to tear himself apart. So that was pretty brutal. Yeah, and I think he fell to the floor afterwards. So that makes it even more brutal. Any experience with injectable Anadrol? Uh, yes, I have. Never again, though. It was uh, dissolved in Guayacol. Got it from the GH15 form. Which, which source was that? Oh, yeah, MTS from uh, the UK. Yeah, a lot of decades ago. So um, I think it was in Guayacol. Smelled horrible, but I got phenomenal super pumps out of it. Yeah, yeah. Half a CC per side per quad. Um, fucking PRs left and right. <laughs> yeah. I literally dissolved my quads from the inside out, I'm sure. But back then, I didn't know. Yeah. Back then, I didn't know. I'll give it up, Iron Grid. People have been on YouTube for 18 years. The, the liking and commenting is just questions. <laughs> it's too much effort. Too much effort. It, I, you know what I wish? I wish that like the ad blocks, at least the ad blockers out there, at least with like auto like the videos that they block the ads of. Um, so you get something in return as a content creator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even liking is too much effort. And why do you think all the YouTubers are leaving, guys? Why do you, why do you think that? Hmm? Huh? Food for thought. Thank God for cryptocurrency to uh, keep me going. Where are we today?
Are we retesting? Yeah, maybe retest. Let's see if we can retest 41,800. And then we're going to put 25% back in. Let's see. I have just check the charts in the meantime while you guys come up with questions. We are hovering on which Fibonacci level is this? We are hovering. Oh, don't look at the Fibonacci level in the four hour time chart. Oh, 0 0.5. 0 0.5 is 42,250 on my chart. So, but I would like to see a little retest on this upward trajectory on the day chart. Yeah, retest it. Yeah, 41,800. That would be nice. 41, 42. 42, 41,800. Yeah, I'm going to put 25% in. And then it doesn't matter what AdSense does. <laughs> ah, thank God for cryptocurrency. All right, where are we? Where are we? Oscar, I got an ampule for free. It's from Denmark, but it doesn't know to the care all. I think I throw it out. Is it the Denkel Pharmaceuticals? Or is it the Mastodon that you were talking about? Or the injectable anadrol? And an ampule from Denmark. Hmm, I don't know that brand. Well, um, crack open the ampule. If it smells horrendous, throw it away. But if it doesn't smell horrendous, it's either ethylate or MCT oil. It's worth a shot. But you might still get inflammation. Matt Epton, first thing I do is hit that like button. Yeah, Matt Epton has been a loyal supporter since day fucking one. And more people should be like Matt. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. When in doubt, do what Matt Epton does. Like and comment on every single video. And uh, be a fucking a true trooper and supporter of the Vigors crew. That's what you should do. Uh, Mitch, running 500 milligrams of my face is getting red all the time. Blood pressure is okay, but high estradiol. AI helped, but I felt terrible. Anything else that I can do? Um, maybe you're magnesium deficient. Maybe you're taurine deficient. Maybe you're on a lot of Cialis, and that's why your blood pressure is fine, and that's why your uh, face is tomato red. And you, you can always lower the dose. I know it sucks. And sometimes it's just the best solution. You know? So look into multiple options right but if you felt terrible on ai uh you probably overdid it right if you keep your issue dial towards the top of the reference range you're probably uh feeling just fine so increase your magnesium intake lower the dose and um see if you're taking niacin or uh, beta alanine or cialis or high dose telmasartan uh, which could exacerbate uh the red face and if you live in like russia or something or Scandinavia where it's cold all the fucking time and then you go outside and all your you get vasoconstriction in your face and then you go inside and you get vasodilation again, then your face turns red. Right? Same thing happens when you take those, uh, what is it called? Whatever is contained in red wine. You drink a couple uh, glass of red wine and then your whole face is red, especially your ears. And then all the ladies are going to laugh at you like, oh, your face is red. Yeah. All right, good, good jokes. Best party trick ever. Two glasses of red wine is all I need. Bronson, 
have not yet ran Trenbolone yet in my enhanced bodybuilding journey. Plan on using it for my contest prep cycle this summer. Would it be more beneficial to run it in a growing cycle first for the trend new begins? Uh, there's something to say for that. 50 to 70 milligrams Trenbolone during your off-season. Uh, but I wouldn't run it too long. I, I think six weeks at the end of the off-season is more than enough to solidify gains. Then you do a little bit of a cruise and cleaning out project, uh, uh, you know, process. Uh, you know, period, phase, Jesus, fuck, <laughs> whatever, you clean out, and then you start your contest prep, all right, and then at the end, the last six to eight weeks, if needed, you add in uh, maybe a little bit more than 50 to 70 milligrams of Trimbalone. maybe it's like 150, 225 milligrams of Trimbalone, but not any more than that, because otherwise you turn into a dickhead, and you're going to be a dickhead towards the end anyway from the diet, so why not make your, why make yourself more into a dickhead um, when you're already caloric restricted at the end, so, yeah, uh, get the experience, get the fuck out, clean out, and then you your contest prep with Trimbalone sandwich at the end. And then it doesn't uh, feel new to you because you already have some experience. Uh, kiss my asthma. Steve, I recently did a semen analysis after nine months of being TRT. 50 million per milliliter. Nice. Okay, that's coming up. Motility 15%. Morphology 0%. Yeah, okay. Been on 25 kilometers for a month. I started Gorilla Mind Lock and Load. Any other advice? Um, so let's see. Nine months. You did a pulse psychotherapy, I'm assuming. 25 milligrams of kilometer is for a month is too short because you need about 78 days for semen to mature in the testicles and then another 11 days for it to travel to the seminal vesicles. So basically, you need to be on kilometer for 90 days at least, assuming your LH and FSA levels are um you know two three four five milli i use per milliliter from that dose of clomid um for your testicles to start working again so what i would recommend a thousand ios hcg and 75 uh, every other day three times a week monday wednesday friday and then 75 ios uh, fsh every day and then your semen parameters will be fucking good yeah yeah maybe not as good as mine but you know it will be better to start conceiving yeah, my fertility parameters are absolutely great. Um, yeah, that's why it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, if anything, I can take to increase bone girth. Bone girth? Uh, well, all steroids increase bone mineralization. Um, Nandrolone is particularly investigated in that context. I think anything that is prescribed for osteoporosis, what was it? I think Nandrolone, testosterone, and Trembolone were prescribed for osteoporosis. I don't have my notes here, but it's in a video for medical dosages. Medical. Uh, what was that video? Hmm. It's like designing steroid cycles with clinically approved dosages. I, I made so many, I made a thousand videos. <laughs> but I also made, uh, oh yeah, designing steroid cycles with medical dosages. All right, here it is. Oh, look at that fucking acupuncture stains on my shoulder. All right, I listed it down below. I think there are all the steroids, which helps with bone mineralization. Growth hormone helps with bone mineralization. Uh, estradiol and selective estrogen receptor modulators help with bone mineralization. And if you're secretly asking me for a height protocol, 
fuck you, buddy. I don't do high protocols here. So, um, yeah. And of course, uh, magnesium, phosphorus, calcium, right? Uh, vitamin D3, vitamin K, that all helps with bone mineralization as well. This Irons recommends not donating blood to lower hematocrit and instead use IP6 or an ACE inhibitor. What's the downside of donating blood? Well, you lose the performance. <laughs> That's about it. Right? Because it's such a dramatic reduction, you could lower your hematocrit with two or three points with a single blood donation. And then uh, you feel a bit faint, but you also lower your blood volume with half a liter or 450 milliliters, which is also uh, quite a significant drop. So um, again, if your hematocrit is really high, you're properly uh, hydrated, your red blood cell count is all over the place, then I would still recommend the therapeutic blood donation um, to get rid of it. And then uh, afterwards, you use uh, something like uh, IP6. What is it? Uh, hexa inosphorol phosphohexene IP6, man. What was it? Inositol hexaphosphate. Yeah, inositol hexaphosphate. Uh, you use that to inhibit iron absorption or use something like uh, telmosartan, but I believe that ananoprol is much more effective to keep uh, serum estradiol uh, or serum hematocrit levels and the red blood cell count levels in range. And even uh, higher dosages of methylene blue, 10 milligrams, 25 milligrams per day upwards, are also known to lower hematocrit levels uh, quite uh, substantially. And that actually increases your energy levels while you're taking it. Methylene blue, that'll be a good deep dive because uh, everybody's getting a boatload of views of methylene blue. Uh, 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 uh. If you were in a Star Wars movie, what character would you be? Uh, maybe just Jedi Steve. I'd still be on the dark side, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'd be. I'd, that that would be uh, Darth Darth Steve to you. <laughs> Me and Darth Neatus roaming around the galaxy looking for sith holocrons <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i would do uh do you do private consultations yes sir the links to consultations are right down below have a look oh he does <laughs> jesus christ he does two thousand seven hundred dollars for 15 minutes well it's not that extreme um or is it 270 what was it yeah, my rates have gone up quite substantially because the demand has been so high recently. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I do offer it. At a, the email consultations are a lot cheaper. Uh, that's why I offer those. I do a, quite a bit of those every day. How much, how much did I do today? I think today was like two and a half hours. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know where all these people are coming from, but if they're willing to pay, then I'm willing to help. How does IP6 lower hematocrit? It inhibits iron absorption. And of course, if you're slowly uh, lowering iron levels, then there's less iron available for hematocrit. I don't think that it's very sustainable because if you go uh, lower your iron levels too much, then of course you go anemic. And uh, yeah, that, that is also not a very good uh, you know scenario to be in. Currently rec uh, recovering. Uh, I, I, Please just watch it down below. I can't. I can't answer BBC One Five Seven the entire fucking live stream, right? So BBC One Five Seven, one milligram, 
per day as close to injection site as possible. TB500, one milligram as close to injection uh, injury site as possible. 2i use growth hormone as close to the uh, injury site as possible. What supplements and tips do you have for a speed of recovery? Um, a sauna, right? Hot cold therapy to lower the inflammation and bring new blood to the area. Collagen supplements, vitamin C supplements, hyaluronic acid supplements, GHK copper. Um, and, and if you have a rotator cuff, then uh, a rotator cuff tear, then you might need surgery, right? It's not, the tendons are not magically going to grow together and start healing themselves. So if you have a tear, uh, do an MRI or an ultrasound, see if you need surgery, and then start off using all of these peptides after, um, after you've recovered from the surgery, because, or, or after the surgery, um, because again, if it's torn, uh, you can use all of the peptides, but it's not going to heal itself magically. It still needs to be reattached. Jabba the Gear. Jabba the Gear. He would be on all the Anadrol and all the Dianabol. That's for sure. And the Trendblown because he was really into like awkward looking chicks. <laughs> Luke Trendwalker. Yep. All right. Mm-mm. Can you improve sperm count while on TRT? Yes, you can. You sure can. Right? You can use the exact same fertility protocol that I'm doing. Uh, you do TRT, 1,000 IOS ACG three times a week, and 75 IOS FSH uh, every single day. And then all of the antioxidants which are known to work, right? Ubiquinol, vitamin C, taurine, selenium, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the morphology and the motility will never be as good as um, coming off cycle based on all of the blood work and semen analysis that I've seen, right? I think my semen parameters are far above what you could accomplish um, while still running TRT. And maybe I'm mistaken, right? But I haven't seen any blood work from a 30 or 40 year old or a 50 year old with my fertility parameters. So can you? Sure. Will it be absolutely great? Uh, probably not. Probably not. But feel free if you have, um, you know, uh, phenomenal fertility markers on TRT, you send them over to me. I would love to see it. Yeah, I would love to see it. Okay, doing that for two months while on TRT. So I just said that you need 78 days for semen to mature in the testicles and 11 days for the semen to travel to the seminal vesicles. So you need at least three months, but give yourself six months. <laughs> really, dude, it takes way longer than you think. Emperor creatine. That's a good one. <laughs> I should get Darth Neatus on here and start doing the voice. I can't do it. Oh. Influencers like Mike Thurston, Andre Dio. Mike O'Hearn, et cetera, who avoid test androgen moon phase. What's the secret? Aldosterone receptor antagonist. Um, genetics. Andrew Yeo does give a little bit of a moon phase during the off-season, uh, but he holds his fat a lot better than general population. And again, I, I think most of these guys do cardio. I think most of these guys eat very healthy, especially Mike O'Hearn. He's been eating healthy uh, since the, uh, the dawn of time, basically. And... Um, I don't think they run much. You know, everybody calls Michael train, but I think the large majority of the year he doesn't run much. 
And then, uh, you know, when he wants to get lean, he, he probably runs Test Primo Winstrel. I don't think he he runs that much strain. Of course, for the people with no experience, of course, they're going to point finger and use, he uses all of the drugs. And I certainly don't think that any of these guys are natural. But I think they just run low dosages and stay on point with their diet. You know, when you're always dieting, when you're always on point with your diet, you don't get that much of a moon face. And, and maybe these guys are just uh, keeping their estradiol levels low and, and they run an angiotensin receptor blocker. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if any of these guys watch this YouTube channel also secretly. And they will never admit it, but they're probably watching. Yeah, they're probably watching also. It helps to be lean. The leaner you are, the less water you hold. And then Mike Thurston is lean, Andrew Gio is lean, and, and uh, Mike O'Hearn is also lean. So it helps. Steve, for your fertility journey, what makes you prefer HCG and FSH over clomiphene for fertility? Oh, clomiphene makes you feel like shit. And uh, clotting risks. <laughs> so it's very simple. I'd rather spend the money and go broke and use all of my crypto gains on HCG and FSH, which I already get at a discount because anabolic pharmacist is a fucking saint uh, when it comes to uh, delivering of uh, you know the fertility meds in this journey. Um, so doing all the research, I think that HCG and FSH is far more sustainable than clomiphene. And um, yeah, so that's it. Clomiphene makes me feel like shit and, and the side effects I don't think are worth a prolonged exposure for. So I'd rather a supplement than, um, you know, use pituitary estrogen uh, blockade and, and, and subject myself to all of the negative effects of clomiphene and enclomiphene, which hasn't been proven that it doesn't cause these negative effects because uh, it hasn't been around long and there's only 90 studies you can read and most of which uh, don't go over the side effects. Uh, do you get better gains from PDs if you've got a lower body fat percentage? Um, well, I mean, adipose tissue has androgen receptors too, obviously, but it mostly causes lipolysis or by blocking the cortico, um, glucocorticoids, it might cause, no, corticosteroid receptors. <laughs> uh, yeah, glucocorticoid receptors, that's the one. Blocking the glucocorticoid receptors on adipose tissue might get some increased lipolysis, albeit that it's uh, minute. Um, but you get better gains when you're lean because you have better nutrient partitioning and less of the inflammatory cytokines and, and, and you know, uh, uh, hormone signaling from adipose tissue. So it, uh, life is just better when you're lean. It's that simple. Life is better when you're lean. You look better, you feel better, even though you're in a caloric deficit. Um, and, 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 you know, you, ha you can run less gear because the cosmetic changes are more apparent uh, because there's less fat for the muscles to uh, poke through, right? So you can see it. So that's why you usually think that naturals, um, when they're absolutely diced, are on gear, because now the muscles are poking through, making it look like they're on gear, whereas in the off-season, they just look average with their shirt on, right? But you take all that fat away, they look fucking diced and shredded, looks like they're on gear. And with on gear, it's the same. You can look absolutely crazy on TRT dosages, if you're lean enough, but as soon as you get over 10% body fat, you basically need to double the dose, triple the dose of 500 milligrams of testosterone per week, and then some primo, masterone, et cetera, just to enhance the cosmetic appearance because you have to compensate because you're a fat fuck, right? So it is what it is. And the longer you stay in the fitness industry, the more you understand this. But in the beginning, of course, it's like, oh, drugs. I get it. You have to get there first before you understand.
Uh, 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 where are you? Let's see, where are we? Oh, I forgot a super chat. Sorry. Sorry, Fisher. Is a one-to-one ratio of masterone to testosterone appropriate? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good starting point. You run it for four to six weeks, and then you do blood work to see if you need to make some adjustments. So if your estrogen is low, you need to increase your testosterone and lower your masterone. I think you haven't maxed out all of your gains yet on those particular dosages. So let's say it's uh, 250 test, 250 masterone as an example. Your estradiol is too low. Um, maybe you go to 300 test, 200 masterone, bring your estradiol levels back up that way because you can still get more than enough results for the next couple of months on 500 milligrams anabolics combined. And if your estradiol is too high, you do the opposite way, right? You go to 200 tests and 300 masterone, and um, you probably need to get yourself a little bit leaner in that context. Uh, but you can still get all uh, plenty of results from 500 milligrams of these steroids combined for the next couple of weeks. So don't have to up the dose, just change the ratio and then uh, bring your estradiol's level, uh, bring your estradiol levels up or down uh, depending on where they were with blood work. All right. HRT for entrepreneurship. How would there be a benefit in the context of normal hormones? Uh, well, you feel more driven, more motivated, more dopaminergic signaling because dopamine and testosterone are uh, positively correlated. So if testosterone levels are uh, higher, then dopamine levels are automatically higher also, and thus you're more motivated. Um, you take less shit, which is needed in entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship. Um, because when you're self-employed, um, yeah, there's a lot more shit involved, right? So if you, whether that's micromanaging tasks or, um, you know, dealing with the garbage that comes along with uh, entrepreneurship, uh, you're just more, uh, how do you say, resilient and capable to push through. And that's why it sucks to be off TRT right now, because I know it can be so much better. Uh, but I think all things considering, I'm doing pretty okay, financially at least. And entrepreneurship-wise, I'm keeping up with the upload schedule. I think my videos are high quality. Um, you know, I'm delivering on on all the things that I uh, wanted to do. So, um, but yeah, on TRT, it would certainly be better. But not everybody knows is that. I, I talked to plenty of people that went on TRT in an attempt to uh, level up their entrepreneurship. And they said they didn't notice anything. And then I asked them to come off the TRT. And then they notice a difference. <laughs> Sometimes the, the differences are not very apparent until you take it out. Right? Uh, Steve, is it normal for stem P post-injection pain to be disoriented? Could it be injected sub-Q by accident? Uh, I use a 27 gauge, half an inch harpoon for it, barely a harpoon. I switched to a 29 gauge. That's a little bit less invasive and uh, inject it go to the gym and, and, and work through the post-injection pain because most of the post-injection pain can be mitigated if you just go to the gym and start pumping up the muscle. And I would do it intramuscularly because that's how it works, right? You need a localized effect from the adenosine uh, triphosphate converting into adenosine monophosphate causing vasodilation. Of course, you want the carnitine intramuscular and, um, you know, and, and that way you get the best pumps. But... Yeah, some post-injection pain is meant to be expected, unfortunately. And that's with BPC-157, that's with many other peptides that you get uh, post-injection pain. So uh, enjoy the gains, though. Right? The, the post-injection pain just makes me want to train harder. If you know that meme, if you know this meme, post it in the comment section. 
your post-injection pain only makes me want to train harder. <laughs> uh, fucking 4chan, dude. Oh, you did it in legs. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might have accidentally two cc's per side one time of Stampede in uh, my quads. That was pretty legendary. Yeah. Good times. Uh, I'm thinking probably not lean enough to do intramuscular uh, quads yet. Could that be the case? Well, if it's only half an inch, then then maybe you need to go to one and a half inch for quads. That's what I use. Nice and deep. Uh, thank you for all your knowledge and keeping me healthy. Awesome. Awesome. Darth Vigorous. Yeah, that would be the one, right? Maybe you should get a black rope. I, I wanted to buy one of those Jedi ropes. <laughs> at star wars uh in disneyland and then i saw the price tag i'm like you know what that's too much for props too much for props mm, let's see stampede has the most post injection pain i've ever experienced worse than test suspension really i think the suspension is way worse hmm Damn. Well, that sucks. I haven't used it in a while, though. I haven't used it in over a year. Maybe they changed the formula. I know. Shoot the Mino Asylum a message. Said, hey, uh, anything you can do to mitigate the post-injection pain? Right? Or maybe dilute it a little bit. Add in another cc of bacterial static water. And then, uh, you know, uh, maybe it absorb a little bit better and cause less irritation at the injection site. Do you aspirate when you inject even uh, half an inch? Uh, no, I did it the first couple of years, but I stopped aspirating. And now I do everything subcutaneous. So I just uh, lift the skin, pin, inject, and be done with it. Plus, I'm injecting peptides. So I don't want to aspirate into my <laughs> FSH syringe because then all the, the, the blood and the enzymes contained within are going to denature all of the FSH. So I just inject and pin. I've used uh, Stampede for a while. I diluted with homebrew L-Carnivore. L-Carnivore or L-Carnitine? Damn auto... Uh, auto... Uh, <laughs> auto... Fuck, what is it called? Jeez, I'm, I'm not myself today. I'm not fucking myself today. Recording and, and uh, consultations. L-Carnitine. Jesus, fuck. Ah, autocorrect. Yes. Terrible, dude. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, Steve, I just started TRT at 36 years old after four years of hard lifting instantly gained almost 10 pounds of water in your experience could i control the bloat with diet uh well what is your dose right maybe you started off too high i didn't have make a lot of videos about how to start the trt safely by doing blood work and uh you know uh, starting at the low body fat level and and starting at a low dose so you don't get these terrible side effects um let me link it for you down below trt What is it? How to self-prescribe? 
can't even fucking remember what I... I want the TRT, you can't handle the TRT, or maybe this one. Where is it? All right, give this video a watch. But yeah, maybe you started too high. Um, maybe maybe you're deficient in magnesium. Maybe your estradiol levels are too high. We don't really know because it could be uh, estrogen related. It could be diet related. All right, it says 200 milligrams per week. Yeah, might have been too high. I can see my abs non-flexed. Okay, so you're lean. Okay, so do some blood work. See what the problem is. See what the problem is. And in the meantime, go to daily micro administrations subcutaneously to kind of balance out the potential for aromatization um, and, and uh, discuss with your doctor um, how to check your serum electrolytes and your serum estradiol levels and then take it from there, right? And sometimes uh, maybe you were uh, just waiting for a little bit of testosterone and, and uh, the 10 pounds of water was the water that you should have gained. Right? But now your testosterone levels are proper and, and, you know, with a little bit of testosterone comes some water retention. But 10 pounds is a bit excessive, I, I would say that. Uh, would it be good to run Muldronate three weeks on and then L-carnitine uh, when three weeks off? I've heard uh, it can make you fat. Yeah, so you need to change your diet a little bit when you run Muldronate because Muldronate inhibits carnitine synthesis. And of course, if you're eating a boatload of fats, while running mandronate, which shifts um, energy consumption uh, from, uh, you know, amino acids, uh, fats and carbs to mostly carbs, then uh, fat intake needs to come down, carbohydrate intake needs to go up. And then uh, you should be able to improve your stamina and performance quite dramatically. Then after three weeks, you take time off, right? Because of course, the fat will accumulate to a certain extent. And then uh, you run uh, injectable L-carnitine for three weeks that you're off the muldronate. And then you inhibit muldronate syn or carnitine synthesis again by taking muldronate and then switching your diet again. So um, in the time that you're injecting L-carnitine or taking oral L-carnitine L-tartrate, you can increase your fat intake because now carnitine uh, transport of the fatty acids into the mitochondria is sufficient enough again. Um, so you, you don't want to do this, uh, you know, you have to cycle it on and off basically. And have to time it accordingly to your, uh, you know, when your competitions or, or races or whatever it is that you need performance boosting for is. Uh, let's see. Chrysippus, uh, what would you estimate one's total testosterone to be on 100 milligrams from a testosterone three times a week? <laughs> okay. Uh, also, does Primo cross detect as testosterone a non a mass spectrometry plus essay. No, from my experience, Primo does not take, detect as testosterone uh, because I've I've been on like 250 milligrams of testosterone per week, getting about 2,400 to 2,800, depending on when I do my injection and when I do my blood work analysis, and then adding in a similar dose of Primobolin on top. Testosterone levels didn't really budge. And that's on a, what is it, um, chemiluminescence or... Uh, Chem, chemi, immunoparticle, man, what was it? CMIA or Eclia, one of those. I think CMIA, chemiluminescence immunoassay. I think that's the one, yeah. So uh, in that case, uh, you know, on 300 tests, I, I think you'll be between 2,500 and 3,000 nanograms per deciliter if you test it the day after your administration. And uh, Primo does not cross detect from my experience. Right, where are we? Are we? 
Hey, Steve, TRT, uh, testosterone anything, 150 milligrams a week, injection every other day, no libido, nada. I take DHEA and pregnenolone and nothing changed. Any tips? Uh, go do your blood work, see where your testosterone and estradiol levels are at, see where your SHBG levels are at, um, see where your pregnenolone and uh, pregnenolone sulfate, or so, yeah, pregnenolone and DHEA sulfate levels are at, and then see if you need to make adjustments to your protocol. Maybe you need to add in HCG. Right, uh, HCG usually brings your libido back quite favorably. Maybe you do a thousand IOS HCG in between your testosterone anthate administrations. Testosterone anthate Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 50 milligrams, and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you do a thousand IOS HCG for two or three weeks. See what happens. Um, you'll probably get your libido back that way. Do your blood work uh, somewhere in between, and in the meantime, start sourcing Samax and oxytocin, which are um, in combination very good for uh bring your libido back especially if you take that in combination with um what is it called uh hcg here i'll link the last and only libido protocol you'll ever need video down below because of course i got a video on this yeah let me link it this is like the well the 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 manyth <laughs> from the bottom the one on the bottom right now I just got to refresh the page. Every time I make a libido video, I get like ad suitability. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Don't make any money with libido videos. So, uh, yeah, that, that will be my way to go. But do some blood work in between to see where everything is at because there might be a hormonal imbalance. But ACG might fix that and then some action oxytocin. All right, the protocols are in that video. Trying to get lean, weight is dropping consistently. Is there any need to cut testosterone out if I already have electrolytes in check and take tomosartan and hydrochlorothiazide? Um, I don't think you need to take testosterone out for anything. And I don't think you need to take hydrochlorothiazide if you're uh, trying to get lean and weight is already dropping. Because um, I don't think you're on the chase iron cycle, right? So uh, you can keep the tomosartan in to modulate blood pressure, right? And keep water retention at bay to a certain extent. Uh, I, I would keep the testosterone in because as soon as you cut the testosterone out and you're testosterone androgen deficient and estrogen deficient, you're going to feel like ass and your diet is not going to last any uh, much longer. So uh, keep the testosterone in, keep dieting the same, take the hydrochlorothiazide out and, and, and keep dieting until it no longer works and then make adjustments. But it could be diet adjustments, it could be cardio adjustments, could be upping the dose adjustments, right? It, time will tell where you end up. Much love, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Living in Thailand, what brands are uh, pharmaceutical grade and which ones are UGL? Packaging is usually different, uh, ex excellent, so difficult to take, difficult to tell from just looks. Using testosterone for TRT. Well, it's very simple. Uh, Bayer Test of Iron is FDA approved and pharmaceutical. Rotex Medica testosterone anethate is a pharmaceutical and FDA approved. And then there's Testolic and Cipionax, which is testosterone propionate and Cipionate, but it's brewed in ethyl oleate and some people have problem with that. So you have two options, Bayer test, a Rotex Medica test, and everything else, underground labs, I wouldn't touch it. Watch the carry all deep dive videos, uh, which will drop soon and uh, everything will be explained and revealed. 
Um, but that's the only brands I use. And Primo is out of stock. It's my fault for hyping Primo all the time. So that's completely out of stock. And I wish I uh, had some stock left, but it's uh, no. <laughs> I ran through all of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Murati120, good luck uh, trying to have uh, blood work and hormones in Canada, but thanks, I will peg my doctor. Yeah, it's 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 not easy in some countries, but just just change uh, primary healthcare physicians until you find one that, that is willing to cooperate. Yeah, that's all I can say. And otherwise, um, stop paying taxes and move somewhere else. You have to a country that treats you better because Canada, Europe, Australia, I mean, America, it's kind of falling apart. <laughs> really. Uh, I'll be cutting weight for a fight uh, when on Muldronate, so it's not possible to lose fat when on it. Uh, what alternatives would you suggest for it for this? Um, well, cutting weight is mostly done in the context of water retention, right? Not necessarily for fights. So, uh, or for for um, for for losing body fat. So lose all the body fat you can before you add in the muldronate and then add in the muldronate, let's say two to three weeks before the fight, which is more than enough to increase your stamina and then cut weight with the general ways that you cut weights, right? Uh, water manipulation, carbohydrate manipulation, uh, sauna, etc. So, um, and if you need to lose fat, then maybe you do carterine with carnitine three weeks leading into the fight leaning yourself out uh, quite substantially and whatever fat burner you want to use that doesn't impair performance. Like Clembuterol would fuck your performance, obviously, because your heart rate is way too high, but Carterine would not do that. Um, and, and, and then you add in the Muldronate at the end. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. B and... <laughs> The B key and the P key are not even close together on the keyboard. That says Mutaro. Yeah, he will, he's going to peg peg his doctor. Sometimes you got to peg these fuckers because otherwise you don't get anything done. Right? And, and general practitioners, man. Uh, specialists, I love them. But general practitioners, and the only way you can get these guys to do anything is by bringing a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's what I learned in Asia. How to bribe people. Yeah, I get a lot of shit done, dude. Can you write me uh, a referral? No. Would you like this uh, Dom Perignon uh, 1979? <laughs> Your wish is my command. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how it's done, man. That's, that's how the world works, dude. Everybody has a price, especially doctors. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any lobbyists. Uh, T-Raw. Uh, can TRT 150 milligrams per week cause heart palpitations? Yes, it can. If you're using underground labs and use synthetic carrier oils. After TRT, started noting, uh, noticing palpitations in stress situations. Check my heart with the cardiologist and everything's good. Okay, so it might mean that your magnesium intake or requirement has gone up and you don't have enough magnesium for your heart, right? You need magnesium to relax your heart and you need calcium to contract your heart. And in this alternating effect, you burn through calcium, make magnesium quite rapidly. And maybe uh, your skeletal muscle is stealing the magnesium away from your heart. So, taurine, uh, ubiquinol, magnesium, right? Every single day. And then calcium from food, right? Not from supplements. It's too much calcium in the bloodstream at one go. You want calcium from food sources. Um, so 200 to 600 milligrams ubiquinol 
1,000 milligrams of taurine with every meal, 5,000 milligrams of taurine per day, and 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams uh, calcium, glycinate, bisglycinate, citrate, uh, whatever you feel is the most uh, bioavailable for you. Uh, with meals, uh, adding on top of your diet between, let's say, 400 to 1,200 milligrams um, supplemental magnesium per day, right? Depends on your activity levels and how much you can stomach because too much magnesium will obviously cause you um, uh, substantial diarrhea, right? So if you get diarrhea, reel, reel it back in. And then, uh, you know, the other electrolytes you get uh, from your diet. Yeah, and then take some vitamin D3 and vitamin K with that. So all, everything gets shuttled into bone. Um, you know, the excess uh, gets shuttled into bones. So you have nice and dense bone uh, bones as well. That will be my uh, recommendation. Now, oh, what's with all the super chats suddenly? Uh, uh, all right, Tarun, uh, Iron Grid, can you block Tarun, please, for all the spamming? That's fucking five times in a row. Piss off. Uh, Sean Evans, when I run Nandrolone, I get symptoms of HS hydrogen. I don't know what that is, also called acne inversa, diagnosed by the dermatologist. Symptoms go away when I when I run stop. <laughs> Fucking dude, what are, you, what are you typing? Have you ever heard of something like this? No, I've never heard of anything like that. No, but nandrolone can convert into estradiol nandrolone can cause hormonal fluctuations and if your diet is not on point so you're eating a lot of dairy products whey protein cheese uh whatever right uh then you might exacerbate whatever acne you have i don't know what acne inversa is um but if nandrolone doesn't work for you and you can't mitigate the effects by cleaning up your diet cleaning up your hygiene and doing uh, doing daily micro administrations don't use nandrolone it's, it's that simple, right? I mean, if you do everything right and you still get these negative side effects, then, then just use something else or use a low dose. Maybe maybe the dose is too high, right? Dose is the poison. You look pretty good in your picture. Um, so I, I'm sure you have some experience, right? So if it's an Andrelone, uh, 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams per day and, and or per week, per week for joint relief. And if that still gives you the acne, then just uh, throw it in the trash. All right, where are we? I missed a super chat from Preston. Really, this chat keeps fucking resetting. Ah, here, five bucks. Ah, that's why I didn't see it. Uh, hello, Steve. I have a concern regarding my girlfriend's uh, recurrent urinary tract infection, which started after we got together. Should I tell them or should, you know, you guys tell them? Uh, can PEDs be transferred through sex? Um, yes, but it's a very small amount. And can they be harmful to our companions? Um, so I would just sit your girlfriend down and ask her what the fuck she's doing. And I said, why the fuck are you getting these UTIs? You know, I mean, girlfriends are not loyal, especially... And it, she could say that it's after you got together, but 
it's either coming for you or, or from somebody else, right? Or she's practicing very poor hygiene. Uh, that could be the case also, but you need to have a serious conversation with her and ask her what the fuck is going on. Because it's not from PEDs, right? You can transfer um, prostaglandins, testosterone, and a couple other compounds through intercourse, right? There's transvaginal trans absorption. That's why those um, intrauterine uh, or intravaginal DHEA tablets work, right? But the amount of... of um, performance enhancing drug metabolites in your semen um, or, or pre-cum, right? <laughs> or smegma. Oh, oh, let's not go there. Um, uh, I think that's going to be marginal. So I, I would rather uh, have her sit down. You need to have a serious conversation because it doesn't sound good to me. I'm not talking about STIs. I mean, UTIs or STDs. All right, where were we? Where were we? Uh, you are an admirable figure in this fitness industry. You have truly improved my life significantly. Best of luck having a kid. Love from Norway. Thank you very much. This is why we do it, right? A little bit of uh, love and appreciation is always highly appreciated. Uh, much love from Thailand, buddy. Flip it is his name. All right. Um, let's see. Follow up on the question about cutting out testosterone. I'm doing a contest prep and noticed that most pros cut out tests the last two weeks for water trench and you're saying it's not necessary i mean it, it not everybody cuts it out i've had plenty of clients that that kept the test in all the way through right some people stay full on it some people notice that the last little bit of fat or water retention doesn't go away without cutting the testosterone out so um and it, I, I wasn't aware that you're in the contest prep i just thought you were dieting so uh you can give it a try but you might end up flat especially if you cut out the testosterone and start combining that with an aromatized inhibitor but you don't have the muscle density density, fullness, maturity, and all the other drugs in place to really keep uh, everything around in full. So uh, it's one of the things you can try, but otherwise I would I would just run it past a coach that's knowledgeable. Maybe it can help you dial, help dial you in. And there's plenty of coaches out there that take like a two-week or four-week contest prep on right? because they need the money and they would love to help. Uh, not me though, I'm retired. <laughs> but, right, I mean, I don't really know what you look like. So it, it's an option to do the last week or last two weeks cutting out the injection the last weeks is uh, very common to uh, you know minimize lumps and bumps and make you look uh, cosmetically appealing and not have these weird uh, injection marks and sites i had a week is usually enough to metabolize all the injectables uh, from the injection depot i removed uh, the inflammation that might occur at the injection site and and some people need to cut it out two weeks before Maybe we need to cut the test a month out before, right? It's individual based. So I don't know what you look like and I don't know what your experience is, but uh, please, uh, if you don't know yourself, just, just hire somebody to help you dial in the process because if you're competing and you're only competing once, then, uh, uh, you know, uh, spending a little bit more money to have a higher competitive chance, I think that's worth it. Yeah.
on HCG monotherapy to preserve fertility. Uh, would adding a six to eight week oxandrolone cycle two or three times a year screw with fertility? Yes, yeah, so your mortality or morphology uh, will probably come down, but if you're still on HCG monotherapy and not um, wanting to conceive right away, then I think it's okay. I mean, HCG monotherapy without exogenous testosterone, you're trying to reinvent the wheels and you don't have to go on exogenous testosterone. Uh, fine, you could run exandrolone a couple times a year, but during the time that you're running exandrolone, your morphology and motility will probably come down and it will bounce back within, uh, let's say, three months, four months after you discontinue the oxandrolone. But then when we look at the calendar and you're running uh, six to eight weeks oxandrolone per year, so that's, uh, let's see, uh, six times, uh, oh, let's, say, let's say six times two, times two, so that's 12 weeks out of the year. Then you have, uh, let's see, 40 weeks left. Yeah, so that will be okay. But if you run eight weeks, three times per year, three, that's 24 weeks. I don't think you have time to improve your fertility uh, parameters substantially if you run that much for that long and that often. So once in a while is okay. But again, if, if fertility is not an immediate concern, then um, proceed ahead. It's better than not putting the HCG in there. I think there's a delay between what you see on StreamYard. No, there's so many fucking messages, dude. <laughs> there's so many messages that I need to go through. I had a lot of members, a lot of uh, super chats. So I just, uh, right, I'm, I'm answering everything as fast as I can, but I still want to give every question adequate time because uh, they're obviously paying for it. And 170 milligrams testosterone anatate per week or whatever, Esther, uh, low dose, 10 milligrams oxandrolone. I have water in my lower legs and hands. Israel is 45. Any suggestions? Uh, I, I don't think that uh, your water retention is uh, is really estrogen related. Your estrogen looks fine for the amount of testosterone that you're on. Maybe you need to drink more water. Maybe you need to increase your uh, electrolyte intake um, because maybe your electrolyte balance in serum is not uh, good. Your blood volume is too low. Your sodium content of the blood is too low. And thus the water spills out into the um, interstitial space of, uh, you know, your hands, legs, wherever else, causing water retention. So maybe you need to increase your sodium, maybe you need to increase your magnesium, maybe you need to increase your potassium and all the other electrolytes. And then you notice that you're not really water attentive. I mean, do I look water attentive? My testosterone is 820 nanograms per deciliter, estradiol 45, just like you. Um, but I, 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 consume a boatload of electrolytes and a bo and I drink a boatload of water, right? So maybe that's it. How bad is steroid abuse in the teen years? Uh, it's just stupid as fuck. It's stupid as fuck. But if you're 16, you're not going to listen to me. So, um, again, this, uh, look at it this way. The, the planet is survival of the fittest. People who do dumb shit uh, usually don't make it to uh, a point where they're ready to, uh, you know, uh, reproduce. And thus, the problems solve themselves. Now, that isn't always the case because uh, some 16-year-olds on steroids obviously get their 16-year-old girlfriends pregnant also. And then uh, how much of a father do you think that 16-year-old is going to be? So unfortunately, there's plenty of stupidity out there in the planet, and I don't think it will ever stop. Uh, and this is part of it. <laughs> this is part of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll tell you this. All the kids that I knew from high school that uh, dipped into their steroid, their father's steroid drawer and started taking uh, or Anadrol or Dianabol or whatever else that they took, oral-only cycles, um, didn't accomplish fuck all in life. Fuck all. <laughs> really. <laughs> they accomplished nothing. Really. So, so I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid because you're still developing. You're still going through puberty. Your growth plates haven't fused yet. Uh, you don't know who the fuck you are and what you want. And, um, you know, if you want to take some drugs, smoke some weed or something under the, under, you know, under the bridge. That's the most exciting thing you can do when you're 16 years old. That's what I did when I was 16. God would have grown up, uh, you know, still live at home, buy some weeds, and then uh, go get fucking high outside in the in the fucking cold. And you always have these fucking big lab coats with the thing you can flip over and then you look like uh, Dracula and then you stand somewhere under the bridge you're getting high but steroids is not a part of that all right where are we I hope I didn't miss anything in the meantime uh kusha karvandi i'm 36 year old male with hashimoto's and i've been uh doing research on exogenous testosterone trt can help reduce thyroid antibodies and potentially heal the hashimoto's what are your thoughts on this um i've never researched that myself let me do a quick uh, pub meta analysis for you since you super chatted you can research it on the spot hashimoto testosterone therapy Hmm. I do not get the results I want because the search function of PubMed, PubMed is broken. Uh, I do not know if there's a correlation. I can't find it that fast. So if you found some sort of scientific evidence that shows that, it's worthy of a try. Uh, but I do know that, uh, you know, uh, T4 supplementation, 50, 100, 150 micrograms over several servings of the days are um, usually enough to bring your thyroid stimulating hormone levels back down. But it doesn't, doesn't always have an effect on the thyroid antibodies. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if exogenous testosterone is used as a treatment for Hashimoto's. But if there's some scientific evidence, it's it's worthy to explore, I would say. And when we're uh, saying it's worthy of exploring, um, we're talking about 100, 125, 150 milligrams of exogenous testosterone per week, right? That's true TRT. Doesn't Broderick Chavez have an opinion that PEDs at an earlier age have a beneficial effects, although potentially immoral if done by parents to children? Uh, I mean, I'm not against if you're 25 years old and right? your body is a lot more resilient, but there's a huge difference between 16 and 25 years old. Um, I wouldn't put my kids, you know, on, on steroids until they're not kids anymore or until they're fucking adults. And even when you're 25, I mean, how much do you really know? I knew a lot when I was 25, but nothing compared to 40. Then again, you know, as, a, as you get older, you gain more knowledge, obviously. But I think 21, 25, that's the earliest, really. I think 16-year-olds is fucking stupid. But again, uh, stupid is going, is going to be uh, what people are. 
and uh, and and some parents are stupid enough to uh, you know help their kids through their first cycle when they haven't even passed puberty yet, and and that's why you have um, what is it uh, child services, child protective services. Man, I wouldn't be able to live with myself, man. Like, let's say my kids are like 16 years old. I want to go to the gym. Okay, cool. All right, I'll be 50. I'll be like 57. <laughs> I'll be like 50 fucking seven. Hopefully, I'll still go to the gym and look good. And they will just uh, train naturally for a couple of years, you know? And then, then you can open up the door for performance enhancing drugs later on. My first experience with cannabis was at 16 under the bridge too. Yeah, good times, dude. Good times. Good times. Freaking colds, you know, inverse, uh, uh, making those joints inversely, right? So you don't uh, smoke too much of the the wrapper. And then you have those S-tips and they get creative with it. <laughs> T-tips, M-tips, whatever tips. And then you get high as fuck. And we didn't have vaporizers back then and we didn't have vape pens. So, um, yeah. yeah, good times. Actually, weed is not really good drug to be honest dirty deeds administering uh, nasally how much bacteriostatic water per milligram uh, of oxytocin max pt1 for one also adding in a thousand milligrams l-arginine l-citrulline good for female libido stack i'm not sure if l-arginine or l-citrulline will be good for female libido but um i mean I don't know how many milligrams are in the oxytocin or how many IUs are in the oxytocin valve. So you'll have to do some smart calculations, right? If it's if it's 100 milligrams oxytocin and you add in one milligram of or one milliliter of bacteriostatic water, then you obviously have, uh, let's see, well, 100 milligrams for one milliliter <laughs> or um, one milligram per one IU on the insulin syringe. And, uh, but how many I use that is of oxytocin, I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember off the top of my head. So um, just just use the calculators. That's what they're there for, right? So max comes in different uh, concentrations or different vials, whether that's one milligram or 10 milligrams, 50 milligrams sometimes, same for PT one for one. So um, I can't really help you there. <laughs> You're going to have to calculate that for yourself, buddy. Uh, not talking about orals, or only oral only cycles, just blasting cruising test. I'm not 16 anymore, but unfortunately started at that age with blood work and coach. Who was your coach that helped you when you were 16? I would like to know. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your cycle when you were 16? And how old are you now? Now, please let us know. Then I can answer your question. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, Steve, what are your thoughts on testosterone base and MCT oil versus injectable superdrol and MCT oil? But apparently uh, a lot of benzyl benzoate as a pre-workout one to two times a week. Uh, I would like both. Yeah, when in doubt, inject both. 25 milligrams testosterone base and uh, 20 milligrams superdrol. I think that would be one hell of a workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I try one for a month, try another one for a month, right? You do testosterone base for a month. I think 50 milligrams of testosterone base on top of your testosterone uh, base 
um, over the week is not going to require you to increase your aromatase uh, inhibitor intake. Uh, but of course, you will get more aromatization. Uh, and then compare that to a month on superdrol, where uh, your serum estradiol levels will obviously decline uh, because the testosterone uh, base from MCT oil is gone. Um, and then you don't change anything to your drug intake, other drug intake, your diet, your training uh, schedule. You'll probably like the superdrol more because I feel that it's more potent milligram for milligram. But testosterone base, I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah, fuck, that's one hell of a workout, dude. Lots of fun. Did you see that Expendables form came out last year? By the way, such a good movie. No way. The whole Expendable series is. I, I didn't watch it. It's, it's uh, no. I watched Expendables one, two, and three, and then three was pretty bad. And then I saw the reviews for Expendables four, um, and then I was like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Why is your sleep schedule so bad? Uh, well, uh, look at it this way. If I went to bed at 11 or 12, which I should be doing, then you guys would not have be, uh, would not get a vigorous Q&A. Uh, you guys would not get any podcasts. And I would not be able to do uh, most of the consultations that I do, which I usually do at midnight. Uh, my sleep schedule is like this. I still get eight hours, sometimes nine hours of sleep in per day. But my sleep schedule like is like this because um, I live in Thailand. But most of my customers and my audience and people I collab with um, are in the Western world, all right? So um, at this schedule, I can cater to Europe, America, and Australia all at the same time. I can do Australian consultations in the morning, European consultations in the evening, and American consultations in the evening as well. Sometimes I do them in the morning, which is afternoon, 12 o'clock, right? Um, which is their evening the day before. So my sleep schedule is not necessarily bad. It's just altered. Right, from 12 to 4 a.m. So I don't get enough sunlight. And uh, since I spend so much time inside working, um, I probably don't get out much, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So at one point, uh, cryptocurrency will boom, and then I will uh, reel it back in. <laughs> yeah, you guys will get one video per week. Steve, where is the content? So we have uh, until October 6, 2025. Mark it on your calendar to get some good quality, uh, frequent content out. And uh, yeah. And then I'll be hands off. Uh, Rob Schlatman, any experience with intermittent intranasal testosterone? Currently on 0 0.2 milliliters, 40 milligrams, cypionate every other day. I would like to experiment intranasally pre-training. So you're, you're talking about the Natesto? Um, or just something that you compound it yourself. I mean, you can put it in a nasal spray uh, quite easily if you just buy testosterone powders, testosterone raw, um, and just uh, mix it up. So uh, you could do it. it. It's certainly a little bit uh, less post-injection, well, no post-injection pain compared to uh, intramuscular uh, testosterone suspension or testosterone base in some sort of oil, but uh, I don't have any experience with inter uh, intermittent intranasal uh, testosterone administrations because I don't have access to Natesto, and I never thought about giving it a try. Uh, I've tried um, cocaine intranasally many uh, a time in my younger years while partying. I've tried Samax uh, up until I think one and a half years ago was the last time I used Samax, and uh, and and Solanke. 
I think that's about it. Oh, no, oxytocin, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oxytocin here and there. I still use that uh, once in a while. Yeah, fun. So, no, no unfortunately, I don't know. But I, I'm sure it would work. I think you underestimate how bad uh, for that is. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but sometimes you don't have a choice. <laughs> sometimes you don't have a choice. Because if you understood the amount of money that I make from consultations in the evening, um, then you would sleep according to the circadian uh, sleep to the schedule too. Yeah, it is what it is, dude. It is what it is, and I'm sure when we have a kid, I'll sleep to the same schedule as well, so my wife can have a proper night of sleep, and I can be on daddy duty while she's sleeping and take care of the baby in the middle of the night. And in the meantime, I'll do some research and some editing. So, you know, life is complicated sometimes. Get over it. <laughs> Man, the fuck up and take some responsibility. Oh, I've got to sleep at ten o'clock, and but and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work that way, you know. All right, let's see. Uh, just started 500 milligrams testosterone, sippy in eight a week. It's in about 50 milligrams a day, and I'm on a cut. What do you think about the cycle? Uh, sounds fine to me. I have an aromatized inhibitor in place because testosterone at this dose will certainly raise your estradiol levels. And if you're on a cut, um, then obviously you want to control your serum estradiol levels so you can look a little bit more uh, cosmetically pleading uh, and not get into a gynecomastia territory. So that's what would be my recommendation. Allegedly tried cocaine, Steve, and you didn't inhale. Oh my fuck! I, when I took cocaine, I took cocaine hard in the nose, and um, to sober up from all the MDMA that I took prior. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, how else are you gonna sober up to get home, huh? You guys, man, if you met me like tw twenty years ago, yeah uh late late teens early 20s God, my, i partied so fucking hard making five thousand to twenty thousand a night for poor sleep might pay off in the long-term health if he trades some time in now uh yeah I, like i said i think i got about two years left and then i'm done you know, and then I don't have to do that anymore. So I don't, I don't mind continuing for another. Uh, and I don't mind continuing for another two years, <laughs> and then after that, I'll, I'll reassess what my schedule is going to be. But um, oh, five k a night—that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know many people who make five k a night, but um, you know. The consultations I do pretty good. It's well worth it, dude. Two more years. All right. Did I miss uh, what your chain was? Okay. Uh, let's see. This is the one, right? 125 milligrams every three days annotate, and at some point adding 200 milligrams testosterone annotate per week. You don't know the coach for sure. Well, your coach sounds like uh, a fucking idiot for recommending that to you when you was when you were 16 years old. Uh, the cycle is not bad at all um for a 25 years old or a 21 year old but yeah uh i'm not against that cycle but at this point i would i would just kind of reassess what you're doing and make sure that you uh, don't damage your uh your health and I, I still don't know what your age is right now did you post that earlier
Oh, age 17, I took 500 tests per week, 12.5 milligrams eczemastain every three days, 50 milligrams per virin, and four, I use GH. Uh, well, I don't know what to say, dude. I think you're, um, I think you're a couple of years too early on this YouTube channel. Oscar Sup, uh, Steve is like your crazy uncle with some insane experiences. Yeah, I had a good life. <laughs> a lot of regrets, though. <laughs> Combining cocaine and MDMA is insanely neurotoxic. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when you're 18 years old, 19 years old, that's not what you think about, as, as Trino Max uh, just proven. And I'm not telling you to do what I did. And I, again, we're talking about over 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, interaction is, uh, quite bad for you. Yeah. That's why I stutter nowadays. Yeah. And I don't know words sometimes. Still had a good time though. And look at it this way. I'm glad I got it out of my system before I turned 40 years old and became financially secure because I see a lot of guys that turn financially secure 30 years old, 35 years old, 40 years old. They're married for a long time, but they never had that period where they acted like an insane, absolute fucking lunatic in their younger years. And guess what? Now they have money and now they want to act insane. Now they want to go to the nightclubs. Now they want to start taking some recreational drugs. I did all of that shit already. I have no fucking incentive the fuck up like that again, right? I I did my time. I had my fun. I fucked plenty of girls. I did plenty of drugs. That chapter is closed. I look back with fond memories, but I don't need to do that again. Unlike so many, um, you know, midlife crisis guys that now are millionaires. And then they're like, oh, I got to take all these drugs. I got to fuck all these bitches, but they're married. Right? So, so do that shit first and then settle. Not after you settle. You're 18 now. Yeah, you, Trent, I, I can't help you, dude. It's 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 too it's too early. <laughs> it's too early. And you look 24. So I hope you sort things out. Are we going to go into the recreational drugs? My favorite was LSD with ketamine. I never combined those two. I never, I didn't like ketamine. I almost got into a K-hole and I forgot perception of time and I thought I wasn't breathing. So I took it, the, after after that happened, uh, I had to time my breaths on the clock and I literally look, looking at the clock, I was like, why does the second take an hour? You know, did I breathe again? <laughs> Horrible. So uh, LSD with MDMA, that was a fun uh, combination, yeah. All right, let's 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 keep it to performance enhancing drug, guys, because we've got twenty minutes left. Hey, Steve, injecting combined zero point eight milliliters three times per week in a uh, insulin syringe in quads sufficient? Uh, actually, you can do that sub Q, but yeah, you can you can put you know almost one cc into the quads uh, with an insulin syringe. The problem is is that you know the the vasculature and the blood flow on the outer quads especially if you put that in the, uh, the what is it called it band is not as good as uh, the upper glutes for example I, I would just put it in the upper glutes subcutaneously honestly um because the more quad injections you do the more scar tissue you create and then depth and 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 quad tightness right and a knee pain that might all start to occur later on so uh, if i if i had a times if i can give myself one recommendation when i was younger uh to do everything sub q yeah 
do everything sub-Q. I think my knees would have felt a lot better than they do now. Uh, 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 uh. Mark Lawrence, thank you for all the fertility content. It's been so useful. HCG to reverse some slight testicular atrophy over time. Yes, yes, it, it might take two or three months, but eventually it will start to work. Anything else you recommend? Uh, one nut seems to be creeping up post TRT. Uh, creeping up into your body or creeping up as in uh, gaining some size back? HCG and FSH. That's that's the one. I have a video about this, how to increase your testicular volume. Uh, nuts. Where did my walnuts go? Because if you say fucking testicles, then uh, of course you get demonetized. Not that monetization really gives you any money, but you know, monetized videos get into the algorithm um, so you can grow your channel. So, uh, HCG and FSH, that's the best for testicular size. And then you have selenium, taurine, vitamin E, carnitine, uh, what else, zinc, uh, vitamin D3. I think I think that is it. Might be some more African supplements, but I'm sure I discussed that in the where did my walnuts go in a, in, in a testicular function stack or a semen volume increasing stack. Give that video a watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, screw pinning quads, man. I pinned Winstrol in my lateral lateralis once. Uh, never again. Yeah. Yeah. Is it lateralis? That's IT bands. Is it the inside? Yeah, lateralis IT band. Yeah. Uh, yeah, brutal. All right, where are we? Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, I think I'm up to speed. Uh, the Dr. Croft, is it normal to have blood pressure jump from 125 over 75 to 140, 150 over 85? Just two weeks in a 400 milligrams DECA-only cycle. Um, I've started 40 milligrams Telmasartan, which is helping. It could be increased mineral retention, sodium retention, right? aldosterone levels going up, um, renin and angiotensin aldosterone uh, modulation. Um, so yeah, keep your electrolyte intake consistent. Right? Make sure you have plenty of magnesium in your diet. Uh, or through supplemental sources and, and you know keep running the telmasartan until your blood pressure is uh, nice in range but yeah that can happen dude i mean uh, four weeks with nandrolone is a is a hefty dose <laughs> to start with so you know but uh, hopefully you can fix it with magnesium intake and telmasartan you recommend sub q uh, for l-carnitine as well yeah that's what i do yeah that's what i do i mean it's in the body at that point and it's L-carnitine is not something that you need to have abruptly, um, you know, to to increase performance or something. You know, it, it it slowly makes its way to skeletal muscle, and then it slowly helps with uh, adipose or with 
uh, triglyceride absorption uh, with, for energy production in the mitochondria. Um, so whether you do intramuscular or sub-Q, I think the only real difference that you notice is that with intramuscular administrations, you get the cognitive benefits of L-carnitine faster compared to sub-Q. But I feel like a slight cognitive boost within 20 minutes of using injectable L-carnitine already subcutaneously. So, you know, I, I think it's totally fine. I think that is totally fine. How many likes we got this time? Is it uh, is it bad? How bad is it? Hundred seven likes. All right, not bad. Hundred percent. Good job. Good job. I'm proud of you guys. Nice work. See if it went up. Refreshing the charts to see if Bitcoin already went up. <laughs> did it break the Fibonacci level already? The 618? Did it break it yet? It broke it and it went down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Why is Bitcoin dumping? Because <laughs> assholes with big bags are selling at the 618. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, what is this? Where are we? Jesus Christ. This, this chat sometimes. Uh, 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 uh. All right. Here we go. Starting off-season cycle with testosterone primo and equipoise. Deca makes me mentally unstable. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. Uh, with CGC, uh, uh, DAC, and L-carnitine, uh, what will be the best ratio? Thank you. Uh, off-season cycle. Are you lean to start? If you're lean to start, I would do test and primo. If you're not lean, I would do test and boldenone because then the primo is kind of to waste because, I mean, it does have cosmetic benefits, but you're better off keeping it for uh, the next uh, cut. Um, so you would do, uh, you know, 250 test, 250 primo, and then slowly ramp up the dose as needed. Uh, so it could be a 375 test and a 375 primo and then 500 test, 500 primo, 750 test, 750 primo. Uh, and the same dose for equipoise. You do blood work in between to see where your serum estradiol levels are at and see if you need to change that ratio. Again, the one-to-one -one ratio is just a starting point. See where uh, you need to uh, keep that ratio based on your blood work results. CJC195 with drug affinity complex, I would do one to two milligrams one time per week subcutaneously and 500 milligrams L-carnitine before fasted cardio, which you should still be doing during the off-season, 20 minutes, uh, zone two, medium intensity, and then 500 milligrams of carnitine before the workout. All right, so uh, that uh, would be my recommendation. I'm looking to sell my Bitcoin mining company after the halving. Going to spend Bitcoin season relaxing and bodybuilding this time after 10 years in the game. Uh, 
yeah, if you got some good mining equipment, then I'm sure after the next uh, Bitcoin having, uh, you know, mining equipment will be up for demand because, well, you only get uh, half the amount of Bitcoin per block. And, uh, but the transaction fees will still be there. So you, you can still get, uh, you know, some Bitcoin through that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, the more difficult it gets to, uh, to get, uh, you know, Bitcoins, uh, per block then then the least uh, incentive it is because the electricity prices keep going up so um then if you get enough bitcoin uh, after the halving then all you have to do is wait right? and then you sell top which sounds easier than saying it but usually you can kind of time the tops um and then you buy back in when bitcoin uh, hits the bottom of the logarithmic progression band or the basically the world average of the uh, units cost or based on the electricity price so whatever the electricity price is on average for one um bitcoin let's say the last time was about seventeen thousand uh, dollars so you it, it might go a little bit lower but that's usually where the miners start buying right because why mine bitcoin when you can buy it cheaper compared to the electricity price um on spot or over the counter <laughs> so that's where i got in All right so yeah sell it man Right, but at least keep one ant miner uh, if you live in a cold climate, because you might as well mine uh, one Bitcoin per year um, and keep your house warm at the same time. <laughs> Billy Buck, uh, should I start thyroid therapy? Free thyroid, uh, free T4 at 0.5 nanograms. Uh, guess we, why do you thyroid guys never include the ranges? I don't remember this from the top of my head. I, I really don't. But your thyroid stimulating hormone is slightly elevated. Uh, I have a lot of joint pain, sleeping 11 hours per day, low energy. <sighs> Fuck, do I have to fucking search this? <sighs> All right. Thyroid hormone ranges. There we go. Let's start comparing. Oh, free T4 is 0 0.5 nanograms. Uh, free T4. Okay, so that's, let's say, a bottom of the range. Uh, and free T3 is 2.3 picograms per milliliter. Free T3. Uh, how much is that? 2.3 picograms. Oh, that's very low. Is the range really 260 to 450? Is that micrograms? Hmm. Now, excuse me, guys. I don't know these ranges off the top of my head. Why don't I have this on this computer? I might have it. One second. Business. YouTube. Where's that blood work reference range? Ah, oh, there we go. Re... Uh, 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 uh. Free T 
four, free T3. All right, so 2.3 to 4.2. Uh, so you're also at the bottom of the reference range with your thyroid stimulating hormones elevated. Um, having a lot of joint pain, it could be estrogen related. Sleeping 11 hours per day, low energy, could be a lack of mitochondrial functioning, right? Could be a lack of micronutrient intake. Maybe the lack of uh, micronutrient intake is the sole reason why your thyroid uh, function is not optimal. So maybe you need to supplement with iodine. Maybe you need to supplement with selenium coming from animal meat sources. Maybe just need to slowly increase your food intake. Start eating a little bit better. And then slowly but surely, your metabolic rate will increase, your energy levels will increase, your sleep will be reduced from 11 hours to 8 hours per day. And if that doesn't fix it, um, then again, there could be a multitude of different underlying conditions. A low thyroid might be one symptom of something that is the actual root cause. So uh, maybe thyroid medication like 50 micrograms to 100 micrograms T4 will give you some relief but it will just be a band-aid. It will not solve whatever it is that you're experiencing. Yeah. So again, I try to try, really try to address the root cause. Write everything down that you're doing right now, nutrition-wise, uh, drug-wise, just everything, right? Put everything to paper and start researching on, you know, whatever it is that you're doing that could be causing you this extreme fatigue. Because it, it could be a multitude of different things. All right, recomping with trembolone and testosterone. If I give glucose levels in range, will 25 milligrams MK677 help with recomping faster or will the insulin resistance mitigate muscle gain? Okay, so with trembolone in the picture and being um, probably in a slight caloric deficit, uh, of course, the MK677 is going to make you a lot more hungry, so the caloric deficit will be more difficult to manage. But if you can fight through, I don't think you'll get insulin resistance or issues with your blood glucose levels, because that seems to be the best way to mitigate the negative side effects regarding insulin sensitivity when it comes to MK677. I also have a video about that. I'll link it down below. Um, caloric restriction uh, is, is the way to kind of get over that. All right, so I'll link it down below. Is that the one? It is the one. All right, save. Uh, yeah, so all you need to do is fight through the hunger then. Because <laughs> you will be fucking hungry. Yeah, and with the tremble on, you'll be hangry. Hungry and angry. And that sucks. Yeah. But, uh, of course, increasing your growth hormone levels and IGF-1 levels downstream uh, alongside of the trimbolone and the testosterone. And since trimbolone has some scientific evidence behind it that increases IGF-1 receptor sensitivity, should keep your glucose levels in range and the nutrient partitioning that you get from the increased IGF-1 and the trimbolone in your system will help with fat loss and anti-catabolic anti effects and keep you full and nasty, dense and hard. Right? You're basically doing the 16-year-old uh, ideal uh, cycle Test, trend, and MK677. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think it's time to throw in the towel, guys. Uh, why instant coffee stops working? Uh, I've done 500 milligrams, feeling all the side effects, but none of the benefits. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, you're just chronically fatigued and you have uh, DHEA um, or uh, you know insufficiency or, or adrenal fatigue. Maybe it's just time to take the caffeine out for a couple of weeks. 
and to build up your sensitivity again. You might be sleeping a boatload of uh, hours in the beginning uh, and feel borderline narcoleptic uh, during the day, but it will be worth it. Yeah. I may be late, but Steve, where did you pick up uh, the Jedi robe? So this is just a bathrobe that I found somewhere in Patia. It was uh, like $5. I'm cheap. I'm fucking cheap. I put all my money in Bitcoin so it can accumulate. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I picked this up at some sort of supply. Um, yeah, so just look on Lazada or AliExpress. Look for bathrobes and pick something similar. You don't have to buy the exact one that I use, but uh, buy, buy one you like and just get it cheap. You're not live streaming where everybody gets to see you, right? So if you just wear your bathrobe at home, it doesn't have to be expensive because nobody will see it. All right, and with that, let's close it off. Yeah, let's close it off. Uh, guys, this was fun. Sorry for all the mispronunciations and stumbling over my words. Uh, no gorilla mind respawn in the picture and uh, for now and probably not uh, for the next foreseeable uh, weeks until I figure out why I feel uh, a little bit uh, sleepy sometimes and a little bit tired. Uh, I already increased my calories. <laughs> Thanks for all of your suggestions in that uh, previous video. That was good. Some very good suggestions, some terrible suggestions, but I still appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, so for now, um, eating a little bit more food, reducing some of the over-the-counter supplements, and uh, let's see what happens uh, on the next round of fertility because uh, I am feeling lucky. Yeah, based on my fertility checks last time, uh, we are both feeling lucky. So fingers crossed. Uh, enjoy your weekend, right? Uh, have a nice Saturday if it's still early for you. I am going to go to bed in one and a half hours, uh, which is 4 a.m. for me. And this is the way I live. So please don't be too hard on me if I feel that I'm fucking up because I sleep so late. Right? This is uh, That's life. All right, guys, peace out. See you next weekend. Enjoy yourself.